0: sponsor of the matt mosley show is central national bank your leading independent bank with locations in waco temple and austin also sponsored by alan samuels dodge chrysler jeep ram barnett contracting baylor line foundation jim turner chevrolet marineland boating center schmaltz's sandwich shop the baylor club time manufacturing and ubo business services and now ladies and gentlemen here's matt mosley
1: It's Matt Mosley, the Matt Mosley show, and you may be thinking, "What? Wait, three o'clock? Yep, yep, three to six now, and um, and then we, uh, uh, John Morris, uh, two o'clock, and of course our uh, newest show is over at uh, that's on at noon, the press box, and uh, boy, just a uh, just a fun time." In sports, as we start getting ready, uh, Baylor football players reporting today. Aaron, let's keep our eye on the Baylor Twitter site and all that. We kind of it's kind of fun to. I had uh, reached out about uh, broadcasting over there. Thought that'd be kind of fun as everybody reported or tomorrow first practice. But uh, yeah, it's I may have um you know you never know. But I will say, Aaron, that. Uh, One of these days. I will say that uh, very, very cool, uh, and I can't say too much about it, but last night I did get to spend some time around some Baylor coaches, including Coach Aranda. And, man, some of the guys we've had on, Aaron, you know, A.J. Stewart has been on our air at some point. Christian Robinson, the uh, former Georgia player um kevin curtis has been on with us he's the cornerbacks coach uh caleb collins the outside linebackers coach but aaron just had an opportunity to in a kind of relaxed setting to be around some of the coaches administrators but you know jeff grimes is a great friend of the show man he's a fun guy he's a fun guy and then aaron the uh Matt Palage the new defensive coordinator man he, you know it's just it's just, these guys are got so much energy so much youth I'm thinking of let's see Stewart Collins I saw Dallas Baker uh the wide receivers coach man this is a uh, it's a fun staff that they've put together the, the Hancock who does some uh, special team stuff kind of co- coordinate the special teams seems like a great guy didn't get to really visit with everybody but um aaron this uh this really seems like an energetic young staff, and I just kind of think that um you know while Dave Veranda does not seem like you know he's always dying to do media, I do think he's extremely respectful of the media. And and just we have a great time when we're all around each other. I saw Dave uh at Big Twelve Media Days recently and he just lost his father and, and uh got to exchange some fun stories about his dad. Um but I, I just think the the program and uh and also the uh the new football S I D, Brent Ingram, I think has a a great feel and, and uh, the desire to, to do as much as he can to facilitate relationships and, and access and that kind of thing. And, and um, man, that's that's not always easy because you've got a lot of different thought processes and different people think there should be different levels of access. But um, really have enjoyed Brent Ingram, and it was good to see some of the other administrators, Jovan, uh, Jovan Overshone uh, David Kay, um, uh, Colin Pirtle, uh who does a real nice job as an SID, Max Calderon, really nice job that he does. So there were some great SIDs that were around, and I think they'll be involved in some of the football along with uh, Brent. But uh, good, good folks, good people. And then, Aaron, there's somebody over there now that's kind of like a liaison Man with the players, and she does a lot. I, I don't. I need to look up her actual title, but her name is Madeline, and she just kind of. I can just tell, man. She knows what she's doing. She kind of runs everything, and I think the players think a lot of her. The coaches. She was kind of spearheading a lot of the player efforts, and kind of getting them around, and and uh, and some of the different folks that showed up with uh, with Baylor at, at Big Twelve Media Days, and. And, you know, we had cheerleaders, we had mascots, all that kind of stuff. Madeline was kind of doing a lot of that. And uh, and I really enjoyed being around her last night. That was fun. So uh, we have some, uh, some good people involved. And, Aaron, I mean, isn't that exciting? Football practice begins tomorrow. And I want to be down there for a lot of that. Now, of course, you can only see... A little bit of it, but man, I like to I like to get my eyes on the prize. Now, Aaron, the problem is, of course, the practices, even the open period of those things, if there is an open period, I think there might be, is is during our show. Now Aaron, I think I think Dave Aranda, just from the way we we kind of interacted last night, would would almost be open to us, kind of me being on my phone. On my, uh, you know, doing a little show. I just don't want to interrupt practice. But if I could kind of be over in a remote area, but we'll keep working on that. But I just kind of think as he's become more and more comfortable doing more and more media, um, I think he's kind of open to different ideas. What the main thing is, getting the team focused and ready for week one. Aaron, it's coming. It's coming in a in a big way, and we'll be out there for all eight games. We'll have our pregame show. Aaron's a part of that. Um, uh, we're going to have some a new cast of characters, kind of out there with me. You never know who will be out there. I do know I will be on site. I do know we have a beautiful new stage and desk. Thank you, Randy Morrison, over at Baylor. Oh my gosh, the guy is talented. Graphics, Aaron. He's like a he's a graphic designer. <sighs> He somehow has. He he also kind of oversees some projects and that stuff at Baylor. But he he also can do a bunch of woodwork. Like he'll just he'll just kind of build a desk. It's like hey, I think I can do this. I think I can find enough parts, and I can I can uh, I can go ahead and just build this thing, carve it out. I mean that's crazy, Aaron. I don't I just don't have. Uh, I know that'll shock people. I don't have that ability. Aaron, are you handy? <laughs> right, can you do some wood carving or something like that? Have you ever tried your hand? I bet you had you've got a lot of relatives, lots of brothers and sisters um your 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 parents over the years grandparents. I know you had a great relationship with your grandfather. uh anybody in your family, Aaron, that was kind of like a woodworking handy sort
2: not really. my grandfather. Could do that sort of thing. He didn't do it a lot. Me personally, I can give you a quick story that'll yeah. let you know everything you need to know about me in that regard. Took wood shop in eighth grade. My project for the semester was a a, a, a small cabinet, you know, bedside table is basically uh-huh. what i was trying to make. And after I got through cutting most of the wood, maybe about halfway through uh the uh, my shop teacher said he would give me a b if I quit because he was afraid I would lose a finger, and I'm not exaggerating that's how uncoordinated I was, and sometimes still am <laughs> I am not a builder
1: <laughs> yeah but there's you've got other talents you've got other talents, you do some good work on the technical side of things, you do good work with audio so i've I have identified some things. And you know you especially you can do weddings, okay? You can call up on Aaron; he is ordained or whatever you have to do. He's licensed in the state to perform weddings, and uh, and those dulcet tones—I bet he performs a nice wedding. Now, Aaron, we do have. Let's go ahead and hit the sounder for some of this uh, news coming out of the ACC. Um. At a board meeting on Wednesday, Florida State University President Rick McCullough, Aaron, do we know him? He spelled out the situation from where Florida State sits. He also called it an existential crisis. Aaron, I've never had a great feel for existential. I I think it's kind of overused. I have a, a general sense of what it means, but I think it gets overused. He said, quote, our goal would be to stay in the ACC, but staying in the ACC under the current situation is hard for us to figure out how we remain competitive. By the way, ACC, you only have one other like great school, Clemson. I mean, you really should find a way to be competitive. I guess he's talking about making money, right, Aaron? He says, unless there was a major change in the revenue distribution within the conference, Uh, I believe FSU will at some point have to very seriously consider leaving the ACC unless there is a radical change to the revenue distribution. Wow. Okay. All right. Tell us what you really feel, President McCullough. Um, ACC comes this afternoon. It was reported that the Big Ten – Uh, Oh, and Aaron, that's the other huge story. We'll get back into it today in Campus Confidential. But the Big Ten is at least exploring what expansion would look like with Oregon um, being out there, Oregon and Washington. Um, and, And so they're looking at that. That was a story from Dan Wetzel. Now, the logical landing spot... For Florida State, would likely be the SEC, should that league accept them. They just took uh, in UT and OU. I don't know where they would stand on Florida State, but um, this is getting hot and heavy. One trustee quoted saying, It's not a matter of if we leave, but how and when we leave. Yikes. I think that may be, I recognize that name as maybe a former Florida State player. Drew Weatherford. Aaron, does that name ring a bell to you? For some reason, that, that name does ring a bell. Drew Weatherford. It's not a matter of if we leave, but how and when we leave. Aaron, how do you think the ACC commissioners feeling today?
2: <laughs> not as uh, not as nervous as the Pac-12 commissioner, but he's got to be pretty nervous with everything that's going on. Uh, there's what I read is that they there was some talk that they would just pay the ACC the difference, you know, what they owe them if they got into the Big Ten or the SEC and the difference would still be more than they'd get from the ACC or close to it. Mhm. Just one of the many rumors I've seen which that if they haven't figured out a way to break the grain of rights by now, I don't think it can be broken.
1: Yeah. So well, their board chair Peter Collins told War Chant, <laughs> "Here this is where we are now." <laughs> like they just kind of use the state of journalism. Fan sites is like um, hey Baylor does it too. Oh, yeah. Sometimes. Uh, it's kind of like, Hey, here's a, here's a fan site. Let's go, let's go say, make some announcements here. All right. He says that will not be the document that keeps us from taking action. Board chair, Peter Collins to war chant. I mean, that's, and he's talking about the grant of rights. I mean, it's just amazing that they're just coming out this strong. This is the president. Here's the full quote from the president. Now, Aaron, I can, maybe later in the program, I'm going to, you're seeing all this too on Twitter. But it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, maybe uh, later to play some of this. But listen to this. This is the Florida State President, Rick McCullough. My current assessment of the situation, after very deep analysis, he said, I believe FSU will have to, at some point, consider leaving the ACC unless there were a radical change to the revenue distribution. Aaron, this feels like more than saber-rattling. Um, now calling it an existential crisis. I also like, Aaron, that some guy named Joe Tipton's out here in the middle of all this saying, Hey! There's a top 40 guard out here looking, but, he's, but it's between Georgia Tech, NC State, Maryland, Florida State. Because <laughs> when I do these searches, Aaron, you know, I get occasionally some different stuff. Right. Oh, Aaron. Yeah, Aaron. that one's
2: going to get buried today.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm sending this to you as we speak, Aaron, because uh, this is the president. And this might be worth playing off his Twitter or off somebody's Twitter here. But this has become really big news. Aaron, I mean, this is, this is the latest news. I don't think it's any bigger than what's happening with Oregon and Washington today. The Big Ten, like, yeah, I'll tell you what, we'll form an exploratory commission. Aaron, is that what they do? I guess in the past, they kind of do these things behind closed doors. This thing leaked somehow. Dan Wetzel from uh, Yahoo Sports just put it right out there. Um, (laughs) this is really interesting. Now, Aaron, are you buying, is Florida State, is this rhetoric, angry rhetoric, or is this we're about to make a move? By the way, Aaron, I want to send you another one here. Look at, I have, yeah, oh, go ahead.
2: If you want to listen to the president, it's about two and a half minutes, the Florida State president.
1: Two and a half minutes. Uh, I tell you what, Aaron. Let's, um, because we got a guest coming up here at three twenty. Oh yeah, that's right. Let's save this because normally I would say yes. Let's continue on, but Nicole has a tight schedule out there at NBC Six, our NBC, our local NBC affiliate, Nicole Sheeran from Channel Six is going to hop on with us
3: next listen to espn central texas online at centexsportsfan.com
4: jeff hunter toyota has been part of the waco community for over 30 years i'm amy hunter and we believe in its people and we honor its history we're proud to call waco home that's why we support the baylor bears lend a hand to fuzzy friends rescue and aid the waco goodfellas We also believe in hard work, the value of a dollar, and providing a quality product. That's what you'll find every day when you shop at Jeff Hunter Toyota.
5: Shop Jeff Hunter Toyota. Toyota quality.
6: Waco Values. E
2: When it
0: comes to me and my money I know the way it should be I need a partner I can count on
3: back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas.
1: On his Matt Mosley show, ESPN uh, Central Texas. Nicole Sheeran joining us now from uh, Channel 6. Nicole, I'm scared to have you on. You may be announcing soon that you're leaving too. We're saying goodbye to all these folks. I'm glad that... Uh,
8: no,
1: okay. <laughs> Okay, we're going to keep you around for a little bit as uh and I understand you're making your way out to Salado. And um
8: Yeah,
1: yeah you don't uh, you don't know this, but my family spends a lot of time in that community out there at Mill Creek and all of that, but I like uh, Coach Westerberg and I like the the whole gang out there in Salado. Now, what is your kind of goal with this trip today? Are you going to go to have they reported for football? Are you going to snoop around and kind of see what's going on with, uh, with Salado football? What's your, uh, what is your assignment, if you're able to share that with us?
8: Yes, absolutely. So, as you know, mostly 2 days started this week. I have hit probably close to 20-some schools in the past two, three days. And so my goal you know, at each school is I go there, I talk to the coach, I talk to a couple seniors, preferably players, just to kind of get a feel for how the guys are feeling about the upcoming season. What we, what guys do we have returning? Just kind of getting the keys so that I'm ready, geared up for the year. Things to look out for, things to watch out for. But heading to Salado, I love Westerberg. He's great. I uh, met him last year when I was here and got to stop by over there. And I kind of just get a little bit of an inside scoop as to how they're feeling. We obviously catch up, chit-chat on the sidelines. One of my favorite parts about all of it. And... Just kind of get a feel for how the guys are feeling
1: about, you know, the 2023 season coming up. All right. Um, you know, because I remember Alan Hare being out there and and the job yeah. he did. And uh, and now uh, Westerberg is a very famous uh, high school coach in our state. And so and I got great friends out there in Salado. Good places to eat in Salado. And, uh, yeah, check while you're there, Nicole. I don't know. You may have to be on the – Air after you're out there, but certain johnny's and some different places around there. Uh, there's some breakfast tacos that I usually get when I'm in town. It's Sylvia's breakfast tacos. All right, but okay, a little late in the day for down. that. Yeah, yeah. Don't do it. Don't write it down now because I think you're driving. Okay, so just. Yeah, uh But I'll, 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 I'll. <laughs> yeah, I'll text you a few of these uh, of you a few of these places and uh, and that brew. Well, I love
8: Toledo.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a neat place. That brewery down there has a bunch of fun, like food trucks and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. so it is fun. Have you recovered from uh, uh, the Curtis Quillen, that sad news? Uh, I, I mean, he's not... I mean, he's still with us, okay? Some of these uh, tributes sounded like we'd lost him or something. He's going to have a nice job. He's going to be still living among us. So i I don't want to go overboard with this, Nicole. I mean, you exactly. you basically came out there and said he'd made you a better person. I don't know if anybody in my life's ever said that about me. So, uh, you you obviously have great things to say about uh, about Curtis Coolen. What is the uh, what's your biggest takeaway from having worked with curtis is it is it you know knowing good places to go to eat is it work ethic is it delivery what's the what's the uh, most important thing and don't say like friendship or anything let's not get too fuzzy on this thing what what's the You're most important ahead. from a yeah from a work standpoint what's the most important Absolutely. thing you learn from being around curtis well mostly
8: first of- Start off with, Curtis has taught me the best barbecue places in Central Texas. Let's start it off right there. Uh, first and foremost, but in terms of work, I mean, Curtis Warren is one of the best of the best, and I've told him this a million times, but me choosing to move here and come to Central Texas, I've only been here for a year, but I've learned more in one year than I think I ever have in my entire life, uh, working with him and alongside him. And I will say, I think the biggest takeaway for me that I've learned from Curtis is, the importance I know you said not the relationship with him, but the importance of relationships with coaches, with the players you're working with, with other people in the media industry, it's it's all about relationships. The more that you build with the coaches you're covering and the teams you're covering, the more comfortable they get with you. And it's not just about getting that interview or getting getting what you need. It's you're telling a story and you're telling their story, so the more comfortable they are with you, the better it's going to be for everybody. And, I mean, I know you know this Mosley Curtis is loved by everyone in this community, and his hard work is proven by the relationships he's formed with the coaches and everybody in Central Texas, and I really admire that, and I aspire to have those exact same powerful relationships. So that would be my biggest takeaway of working with Curtis is just, you know, I don't know how you work, but it's also a relationship game, and it's all about uh-huh. maintaining those throughout
1: your career, for sure. All right, that's enough about Curtis. Nicole Sheeran, <laughs> Channel 6, on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. What do you think about the Bears reporting today? Baylor, we had an opportunity. I don't know how much I'm allowed to say about our kind of uh, fun little access situation last <laughs> night. Uh, but we got to be around some coaches. That was cool, uh, seeing them in a, in a relaxed setting. And then Thursday, uh, practice begins. I mean, Baylor and Nicole is a real X factor, I think, in this conference. I, I mean, they, where they're picked, maybe about right. But I do think there's yeah. some upside that they could finish as high as one or two. Um, it, if things went the wrong way, they could finish worse than six. I, I do think that home schedule can be huge for them. If the, if it, I mean, it, it, it could go either way. You know, if it's, if you're playing poorly, you don't want a million home, you know, it's just kind of like, Oh, a slog. Okay. Are people going to continue to show up? If you're in a groove, it can be a huge galvanizing force. Um, what, what gives you the most hope? that this team maybe could bounce back and resemble more what we saw two years ago from what we saw a season ago?
8: Well, you know, mostly you said it. I mean, eight home games slated on this schedule is huge for the Bears, and I think they really need to take advantage of the fact that they're going to be in McLean Stadium. For people who haven't been in there, like you said, the fans need to show up, but the more games the Bears win, the more fans are going to show up and the more excited they're going to be about the season. So I think They really need to take advantage of the fact that they're in their hometown of Waco. They're with their fans. The energy needs to be high. And plus, you know, I will say Dave Miranda talked about it in uh, Big 12 media days and preseason stuff. They took advantage of the portal and transferred this season. And I think that could really be big for this team um, as a way to kind of get those guys meshing together, put some new talent in there, kind of. Some new like you said, they are an X factor and I think that they're really gonna take advantage of that this season and I'm excited, you know, with ball camp starting to kinda see those guys in action, see how they mesh with some returners, those key guys out there and and just see how they kinda all work together. Plus, we got the new teams that have another fun layer for fans and, and the teams and everything. They're gonna be traveling to UCF and Cincinnati and it's a new a new place to play, but I think it's fun for these guys. It's exciting and change is hard, but change is good. And I think it's kind of a – it's a good fuel to the fire that this team may need. But I do think mostly it could go either way. I think that yeah. could, you know, could have a great season and, like you said, be number one or two. But I also think it could go the other direction, and this could be a possible rebuilding, you know, reloading year for them as well. So I think these first few games are going to tell a lot. I think they're going to tell – what kind of fire these guys have? What kind of energy they bring out right off the bat? But they do have something to prove, and they've talked about it, and they're ready to have that season that they're known for, and they're ready to kind of flip the script from last year.
1: Nicole Sheeran, uh, Channel Six, Central Texas, joining us the Matt Mosley Show. She's sports and news on-air reporter. I mean, Nicole, you broke all I mean, you had news on Bucky's. I remember coming to Hillsboro. <laughs> I mean, you kind of go. You're pretty versatile. Do you yes. do you enjoy the sports more than the the hard news or the or the new in the field, or do you kind of like all of that equally as much?
8: Listen, mostly, I am a sports girl all the way. I'll uh, right. be completely honest with you. I came to Central Texas. You know, the hybrid, it's a hybrid job. It's been great, and I will say, covering hard news has taught me how to be a, a great reporter because you learn a lot. But I'm ready to dip my feet in head first and take on sports full-time. It's really my passion, and so I'm really excited to kind of, you know, go full-speed ahead with it and, and continue doing what I love out there. But I definitely am a sports girl all the way.
1: All right, lots to get into. Now, do you have Pac-12 ties, don't you? Um, I, I do, mean,
8: mostly I do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: and, and you, you have uh, spent time there at that journalism school at USC and – Man, think about all the people that have come from the Pac-12. All the Arizona State folks we've had come through. Yep. Um, even our buddy Chris was from out somewhere in California, or at least played football or something out there. Yep. Everybody has has, yep. yeah. Everybody's come from the West Coast, which is kind of uh, interesting. Do you? Um, does the Colorado thing, as you see the Pac-12 start to break up? Do you? Do you feel bad? Having probably spent a lot of time watching Pac-12 sports and being into it more than most people in Central Texas, are you saddened, or are you you spend more time being excited about not only where your alma mater's going to the Big Ten, but some of these schools may be thinking about coming to the Big Twelve? How do you where, where's, where's where, how do you feel about all, the way all this is going down?
8: Honestly, you know, I grew up because I'm from Manhattan Beach, which is in you know the LA area, and I grew up going to USC and UCLA games. I grew up as a Pac-12 kid, but I actually I went to Georgia for undergrad, so I'm an SEC girl also. And then yeah. I got my master's degree at USC, so I'm Pac-12, SEC, and now we got Big 12. Honestly, mostly, I'm not surprised one bit that Colorado made this move. It is sad to see, you know, the clock is falling apart, but. I'm going to say, I mean, it started because USC and UCLA were like, listen, we're going to the Big Ten, two powerhouse programs in the Pac-12, they got the ball rolling on this, and so I think it's a very smart move by Colorado, they really needed to do it, because they need to be in a power program, and it is sad to watch, because, you know, it's the thing, I grew up as a kid going to the Rose Bowl, and going to those games, and watching USC and UCLA out there, but it's all a part of college football, and it's what makes it fun, it's what I love about it, all the movement, all the changes, you know, with mm-hmm. call the playoff scheduling, you know, 12-team four-out that we're getting into. It's, it's fun. It's different, and change is different, but I think it kind of makes it interesting, honestly.
1: All right. And, Nicole, the president of Baylor will be on with me Friday, by the way. If you want to kind of monitor awesome. that, you'll be first yes. to kind of hear some news or whatever uh, – President Livingstone shares on all this. Have you met or visited, and maybe even last night you did, speaking of your Georgia ties, go dogs. Um, <laughs> Christian Robinson, Baylor's new uh, inside linebackers coach, uh, played at Georgia from 2009 to 2012. That probably makes him a little bit older. Than you, right. but uh, uh, did you get to visit with Christian Robinson and were you aware of his Georgia ties?
8: You know, I'm really sad because I didn't get to visit with him. And I'm a diehard dog fan. Everybody I work with and everybody I know pretty much knows that. So, hopefully, I'm bummed. I didn't even know that, you know, that was a tie. And now yeah. that I know, I'm definitely going to make an effort to, you know, say, hey, to hate sell a fellow dog, you got to. I, I can bark from the sideline. I think he would uh, like that. <laughs>
1: Do y'all do like a, and I don't want you to do that on the air. Well, maybe, Aaron, what do you think? Should we let her do a dog? Do you do like a high pitch kind of thing, or do y'all try to go low with like a a Georgia Ugga type bark? What what are we talking about? Is it high pitch? Do
8: you want want me to do it? I'll do it for you. Do you want me to do it?
1: Can you do it without having a wreck? I mean, I don't know what barking entails. Aaron, is this something we ought to embrace? Okay. Let, let's hear your Georgia Bulldog uh, bark. This
8: is what we do. We go, go dog, stick em. Hoo, hoo, hoo,
9: hoo,
1: hoo. It's a low, it's a low tone, you know what
8: I'm saying? <laughs> 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 Aaron, is that kind we of got, a... We to do high pitch.
1: <laughs> was that a real bark at the, it kind of, a, it was like a hoo hoo hoo. That's interesting. Exactly. Kind of, yeah, because it was... It's, like,
8: cause dog in
1: here riding shotgun with me so that's what the bark was at the end <laughs> boy i tell you do you now what do you what do you have a pet do you actually have a dog uh
8: well not in waco unfortunately i have two dogs back home in california with my parents but yeah i i would love to have a dog out here but i i can't have a pet right now i don't think it's uh, responsible of me
1: <laughs> you know uh mark Vidal had a husky former Baylor great he he actually had an Alaskan I forget what exactly he called it but he had a Husky I always thought the summers that would be tough on those Huskies oh, with all that fur and everything and I mean he took good care of it and had it in the AC most of the time oh by the way Nicole did you see did I see the new are the new bears speaking of I hope we can keep them cool and I know we'll have water and all the the habitat I uh yeah. I thought I saw something earlier today I'm looking on Twitter as we speak. I thought I saw maybe pictures of the new the new bears, and I kind of got excited so about that.
8: They're adorable. Yeah. I saw a picture of them, too. I think they're all in the – they're in the habitat, right?
1: Well, I think they're keeping them – I think they're kind of getting them ready for the habitat. Okay. Um, oh, my gosh. By the way, Baylor 28, today is the day. Baylor application is open. Oh, my gosh. Oh I've got I've oh got, got this coming up in the next couple of years for my daughter, so all this kind of stuff Aww. is kind of uh, fun, scary, all of that. It also I scary that him. she's she's looking at some of your SEC schools. I I've, hey, I don't know I, I, I don't know. We're, I
8: respect that. I encourage that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Now the the picture I see is of the bears like up in a tree or something. The the our, our new oh. cubs. I just don't know exactly where they are, because that's not at the yes. habitat. I think they may no. still be. I think we're getting them ready for. Uh, to, we're getting to, them to get, up. Yeah, to get them on campus. I'll find out. I'll do some research on that, because yeah, the head bear incredible. trainer. Yeah, yeah. You need to have that guy on. In fact, he's got a great name to be in charge of that whole program. His name is Dakota, and oh my he's.
8: I feel like he was born for that.
1: Uh huh. Uh-huh. And, uh huh, and and he's in charge of a lot of that. He's in charge of the Baylor Chamber and some of that kind of stuff. So, anyway, all right, Nicole. Well, good to visit with you. Tell uh, Coach Westerberg that I said hi. And um, and speaking of barbecue, don't ever be scared to stop over there at either uh, Chef's or uh, or uh, Miller's in Belton. Those are both good stops. And then I also oh, like.
8: Kurt and I just went for lunch, actually, about a few hours
1: ago. Miller's. Yeah.
0: So
1: good. And, yeah, at one point they had a little coffee uh, shop or coffee bar inside of it, but I think they were thinking about maybe opening up another little storefront. Is that still – is the coffee still over there?
8: They have the coffee in there still, but they also – they just opened a coffee shop in Salado. Mostly something you maybe don't know about me is I'm a big coffee person – I love exploring
1: coffee shops. So if you have any recs, send them my way because I'm a big coffee gal. Okay, yeah, I kind I like I, I'm way into it as well. But good to know about that Soleto, and then I like that place over on uh, Austin, like Austin and 25th. What's that place called over there? Um, In
8: Waco.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a there's a fun Is it place Dichotomy? over. Th- no, no, no. Decademy's downtown. I'm talking about on out at Austin and 25th. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that place. I think they've got a real good yeah. vibe there, and they've done a great job. And then, uh, in fact, I was wearing a T-shirt earlier. Uh, Common Grounds is that that oh, came yeah. into being when I was a Baylor student, and so now they got a I couple of locations. Yeah, and one of my good college buddies opened that back in the day, so that was kind of oh, neat. And she cool. sold it. That's
8: awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, anyway, good times. All right, tell everybody hi in Salado. Thank you. Thank you it's good to have you on and um we will uh, i guess while you're out there you could uh, you could just go on to gerald and say hi to curtis but it sounds like you've already been hanging out with him so you've probably had enough cooling yeah. time all right um,
8: know, <laughs>
1: yeah exactly all right nicole take it easy good to have you all
8: right you too see you mostly.
1: there she goes nicole sheeran from channel six aaron it sounds like Nicole's uh, getting ready to kind of go full-time sports. I don't know what the decision will be over there, but that, that sounds like what she's angling for. And how about that dog? Bo- what was that thing, <laughs> Aaron? Was that kind of a... Did that sound like a bark, or was it more like a... Hoo, hoo, it was a wolf. Hoo, hoo. Yeah, I don't know. I, Aaron, let's um, see if you can play that back later in the show. Let's examine exactly the dog... What do they call that, Aaron, like the Go Dogs chant or something? Um, I don't know. Aaron, do you like Ugga? Do you prefer Ugga or Reveille, uh of the dogs? Like Reveille, the A&M mascot, or Ugga?
2: I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I, I I prefer Reveille.
1: What about, you like a collie, it sounds like. Yeah. What about that old Smokey out there in uh, the Tennessee dog? I kind of like that one. You know they got a dog. Have you you know what I'm talking about? Do you know what that one looks like? Kind of a kind of a hunting dog or something. Yeah, take a peek at that one, Aaron, when you get a chance. The old Smokey out there in uh, Tennessee land. That's a good look. That's a good dog. That's a good puppy dog. Aaron, did you ever see where the old fern grows or where the red fern grows? As a kid, did you ever read that book or see the movie?
2: I didn't. I'm familiar with it, but I never read it.
1: That's almost as rough as you admitting you haven't seen E.T. Uh, it's a Newbery Award winner, Aaron. It's and and if you ever see that movie, I mean that thing. As far as tear jerkers, it's between that and Old Yeller. And then that movie that uh, Affleck's brother did. That's a that's one that gutted me. Manchester by the Sea. That's not one I ever want to see again. Goodness gracious. All right, Aaron, let's do some NFL news
3: and nuggets. Let's do it next. This is is ESPN Central
5: Texas.
10: Boy, is it hot outside. Did you know that you can tell the temperature by counting a cricket's chirps? Did you know that heat waves can actually make train tracks bend? Or that a 2003 heat wave turned grapes to raisins while still on the vine? Hi there, it's the Foundation Doctor again. During this season of extreme heat, the soil is shrinking, the ground is moving, and we're seeing a lot of foundations starting to move around. Are you seeing new cracks in your walls? Is your shoulder sore from prying that pesky door open? Don't let your home suffer from heat exhaustion. At The Foundation Doctor, we've been curing these elements for many years, and we have the right prescription for you and your home. We have more experience and repair options than anyone in town. So when it comes to your greatest asset, trust The Doctor. We'll get you back on level in no time. Give The Doctor a call today at 863-8800 or look us up on the web at INeedTheDoctor.com. So for doors that are sticking and cracks in your walls, The Foundation Doctor will make a house strong.
3: Listen to the Matt Mosley Show online at syntechsportsfan.com.
11: Drive it forward with the First Central Credit and Auto Loan this summer. First Central will donate to your local Boys and Girls Club when you refinance or get a new or used auto loan. You save, and every auto loan activates a donation to be given to your area after-school programs. Plus, you get to keep your cash. No payments for 90 days. It is money for kids and a new ride for you. Visit FirstCentralCU.com today for details and apply online. Everything we do, we do for you.
0: Remember, NCUA jesse britt's automotive wants to help your car get ready for the texas heat now through saturday they're offering free automotive ac checkup with any vehicle service at jesse britt's automotive plus let them help keep your car roadworthy with our computerized alignments discounted for a limited time at only 49.99 the alignments come with free tire rotation and free visual brake inspection just mention this ad jesse britt's automotive discounting your prices not your service Did you know, now is a great time to let Jeff Hunter Toyota put you in a new or used vehicle. I'm Kyle Tomlinson, General Manager of Jeff Hunter Toyota, and you can choose from many makes and models, all priced to fit any budget. We also have a state-of-the-art service and body shop and a full-line parts department with factory-trained Toyota specialists. Stop by and see me or any of our team members for a great car at a fair price.
12: Jeff Hunter Toyota. Toyota Quality, Waco Values.
3: now back to the matt mosley show on espn central texas
1: well we do it at uh, 340 every afternoon now that we've expanded to three hours we get into some we get into some uh, nfl talk aaron i was uh, just looking My guy, uh, Colin Cowherd, have you seen some of that news out there? I did. ESPN, very interested in trying to get a reunion with Cowherd. Aaron, does that mean I'll go back to ESPN? (laughs) I guess we are with ESPN, aren't we? Let's say we have. But uh, we're, we're with a different branch. But very, very interesting news out there that apparently when his contract's up with Fox, that ESPN is very interested in uh Colin Cowherd and of course I do uh podcasts with Colin did one the other night Colin and I talked about the Cowboys and um it would be uh, that would be fun to see him back there although I've enjoyed him at uh at Fox for sure um all right Aaron it is time that we kind of go around the league we'll see you we'll check on the Cowboys see what's going on see what's happening other places I've been kind of monitoring this uh Falcons quarterback situation, and uh, this is uh, this is really really uh, interesting to watch. All of this, Aaron, where would you like to start with talking some NFL today?
2: We will start with the Cowboys, as we usually do. If I can find it.
7: <laughs> all yeah. right. Yeah.
2: Cowboys running back Ronald Jones was suspended two games for violating the league's PED policy. He said that the suspension he received for the failed test was for a heart medication that he's been prescribed since he entered the league while saying he's responsible for what he puts in his body. He said he is disappointed in the NFL's decision. Meanwhile, conflicting reports from the Cowboys' top brass on whether they'd bring back Ezekiel Elliott Cowboys owner Jerry Jones reiterated yesterday during during an appearance on the Cowboys flagship station, KRLD-FM, that the door is not closed on the return of Ezekiel Elliott. However, today, Mike McCarthy said the team is focused on the young running backs, even with the suspension of Ronald Jones. He said, quote, we're not just going to hit a bump and give up on the path. We want to see these young guys. I want to see them playing game.
1: Very, very interesting as we kind of monitor Cowboys practice since they've gone into pads. I was watching with great interest, some of the video coming out of there. And, um, uh, you know, we got a lot of people out there, Aaron, and we would never do this, that just grab people's videos that are out there on the scene and post it as their own. I mean, give me a break. Give me, just have some ethics about you, please. Um, Cowboys coach Mike McCarthy, Aaron, one thing that I kind of like that he said, I'd say this is clearly, talking about the defensive line, the most depth I've ever had on a defensive line, I love it, we can't get enough work, this is a perfect illustration of why we're not practicing against other teams, I think the offensive defense, we will challenge each other at a very high level, so you can see that we got off to a pretty good start with that Monday. Aaron, that's kind of like everybody who's saying, Hey, why aren't you practicing with another team? Why don't you want you, you know, something like something along that those lines? And uh, I think the Cowboys think for whatever reason they've got enough they've got enough uh, there that they can kind of get this thing done themselves. Now again, as we told you yesterday, Aaron, and we could continue to talk about it, but man, Micah Parsons was all over the place sacks left and right extremely disruptive and um lots to uh lots lots going on there so that, that's been kind of fun uh to watch him aaron by the way i've got a final to report to you in major league baseball <laughs> as we interrupt it uh detroit has taken down the pirates six to three uh on, on major league baseball all right just uh, that just happened to pop across my screen Not shocking that the Pirates would lose. All right, Aaron, back to you as we continue to roll through some major uh, NFL news and nuggets on the NFL Blitz.
2: The Los, Los Angeles Rams wide receiver Cooper Cup underwent an MRI today on his injured hamstring after leaving practice early last night. A source told ESPN's Adam Schefter, the source said Cup. A former Super Bowl MVP walked off the field with the training staff about 30 minutes into the two-hour workout last night. Team spokesperson confirmed the injury to reporters today to ESPN. Cup is returning for his seventh NFL season after missing the final eight games of 2022 with a high ankle sprain.
1: All right. Um, I like Cup. I He's something to watch. Great player. They need him. You know, had uh, had tremendous chemistry with Stafford. Huge part of that Super Bowl win. Need to need to monitor this one. And uh, Aaron, I uh, I did want to say, as of a few minutes ago, there was a report out that former Cowboys great Jalen Smith, um, the Raiders worked him out today. Jordan Schultz had this story. TheScore.com. Schultz breaks some news every once in a while, so we'll give him some praise. Smith, 28, played 13 games with 11 starts with the Giants last season. Total 88 tackles. Thought he played okay, Aaron. I mean, it was funny to see him with the Giants. He he got with the Giants in 2021. And uh, so interesting that uh, they would at least – he was a second-round draft pick by the Cowboys – in 2017, and he made the Pro Bowl in 2019. Now, Ernie, I don't think because of his injury he was ever going to be as good as he could have been, but to play in the league this long with that horrible of an injury, I, I, I still think you've got to say pretty good on him. I mean, we used to joke about all those little celebrations he would do, whatever that little bowling move he would do. I forget what they called that. But, uh, Aaron, I think we got to say, regarding that injury, based on that, the guy's had a pretty good career.
2: Yeah, considering that a lot of people didn't ever expect him to play football again, his injury was so severe coming out of college. It's pretty remarkable Mm -hmm. that he's had the career he has.
1: I agree. Continue, sir.
2: New Orleans Saints running back Alvin Kamara is meeting with NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell today in New York City regarding his potential suspension for his involvement in a fight outside of a Las Vegas nightclub in 2022. Coach Dennis Allen confirmed today that Kamara was in New York for the meeting. He said he expects Kamara to return to the team on Friday. The Saints have a scheduled day off for tomorrow. Any guesses on the suspension link? Because there is one coming.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think – now, do you think, even with his meeting, is this an eight-game type suspension? Is this – is it even more severe than that when all is said and done?
2: I I think it'll at least be six. six. But I just – you never know with the NFL. (laughs) You know, I mean, I er – everybody speculated on Deshaun Watson, what it would be. And it wasn't near what anyone thought. I can't see him giving, and I know Deshaun Watson was out of football for a year, but that was of his own choice. I I can't see how they could make this suspension longer than Deshaun Watson.
1: All right. And uh, Aaron, in more news since uh, we love talking some Cowboys here, the, uh, this is kind of interesting, um, and we've got big time guests today. Aaron at, oh man, four, what five o'clock? Five twenty. Uh, I mean, it's it's we got Rangers guest at five. One of the Rangers radio broadcasters, Jared Sandler. We got Dave Wilson from uh, ESPN.com covers college football at five twenty. So the five o'clock hour is stacked. Four o'clock hour is going to be a lot of fun uh, coming up. Uh, this was Jerry Jones, Aaron, on the ticket in Dallas the other day, um, talking about the uh, the the Cowboys' offensive changes, okay, and the new play caller and all. It's where Jerry's issuing a new or a kind of an old school thing. They used to talk about this with Romo. He said the offense is Dak friendly. He's going to have an offensive line, that is going to be able to protect him better their spacing is narrower which is conducive to protection he's going to have more opportunities to dump the ball off to the backs he's going to have less to do before the snap and less to read after the snap the receivers are going to be less dependent upon reading the d-back and Dak reading the D-back. It's going to be more about being at a spot where they should be. The combination of all of it, and all of it is adjustments, not dramatic changes. When you combine it all, then I'm confident that we're going to be excited about how it protects Dak and how it actually helps efficiency for Dak. Wow. Now, Aaron, that, that sounds pretty different to me. I mean, the, the longest for the longest time, the old Zampezi. It's kind of like read the defensive back, go out there. Uh, the quarterback has to do a lot of line of scrimmage. Aaron, it really does sound like they're trying to simplify the process. And at a time where, because of the money, more and more is being asked of quarterbacks across the league. Aaron, they're trying to ask less of Dak. Aaron as a well former Cowboys fan, I think you've dabbled here recently and maybe getting back in. You think that I think that has to make Cowboys fans feel a tad a tad bit better to basically say, "Hey, let's let's actually have some guys get to a spot and have Dak find them there because some of these interceptions seem to happen because the quarterback and the wide receivers are not on the same page." Aaron, I I don't – usually, Jerry, anything Jerry says does not make fans feel that much better. To me, that should make fans feel a little bit better if they truly are taking things off Dak's plate.
2: I agree, and it's kind of – well, I mean, I I don't know. It's kind of an indictment on the Cowboys that after all the time that Dak's been there, they're finally talking about catering it to exactly his strength and away from his weaknesses. Probably should have done that about year two or year three. Yeah,
1: I think I think that is the uh I think that that is the case. And uh now McCarthy will take over and there'll be the excitement about that. Aaron, any uh you have we have time for a couple more if you if you have any.
2: I do. Uh New okay, York Jets quarterback ahead. Aaron Rodgers, who said he was quote ninety percent retired before entering his ex. So his darkness retreat in February now is talking like he wants to play at least three more years. There was talk that he would only play one year for the Jets after being traded, but Rodgers said, quote, this is going to be a few years' partnership, explaining the rationale for him taking a historic $35 million pay cut in his newly restructured contract. Rogers reworked his contract last week. It's basically a three year $112 million deal that includes 75 million fully guaranteed for, 23 and t- for 2023 and 24. On his previous contract, he was due to make almost that much, 110 million all in guarantees. And he says that he's happy with his below market deal. He calls it a win, win, win for everybody. A win for me, I get paid a ton of money. A win for them, we get a low cap number and deferred some cash and a win for the guy other guys that we can bring in and sign. I have no complaints. I'm not missing it at all.
1: All right. Um, yeah, it, it that's interesting, Aaron. It said uh, there wasn't a whole lot of process to it. It was like a million-something this year and a hundred million-and-something next year. and <laughs> obviously never would have worked. There's two caps. Right. There's basically the cap number, salary cap, and then there's the cash. So there were a few of us, I believe, who did some things cash-wise to open up some freedom there. (laughs) I like like all of this here. uh, uh, The cap number, obviously, very low because of the ability to prorate contract in this case. But I feel great about what I'm making. And, Aaron, that's – you know, I think that's good. I think um, I think Tom, um, I think Tom Brady took less at times to help his team. I think Mahomes' new deal is going to end up being extremely team friendly based on how great he is. Uh, now, who knows at the very end? Maybe they have to restructure this thing or look at it. But as these things only seem to go up. And Stephen Jones had the good comment the other day, Aaron. He said it's okay with it, as long because it means the league is making insane amounts of money, right? If these quarterbacks continue to go up and make fifty million dollars a year, it's a good sign of health for everything. Meanwhile, Aaron, you look at the, uh, you go look at one of these, uh, uh, you know, Fox News or CNN or whoever you watch, and it's like the economy's tanking. You know, oh, my gosh, we're never going to recover under Biden. Everything's horrible. It's like the NFL's not touched by it, Aaron. And, and of course, what did they do recently? Laid off some staff members at the uh, at like the, at the NFL Network or, or at the NFL uh, Films offices. Always interesting how you're making, like, Billions upon billions, and you're still doing like, oh, well, let's lay off some guys making uh, thirty a year. Let, uh, maybe that'll maybe that'll help things. Meanwhile, Aaron Rodgers, I kind of like how you put that though, Aaron. It's like make a million this year, about a hundred million next year. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! And I liked what the way you phrased that. Like before he went into his darkness retreat. <laughs> Oh, the coming of coming out of the darkness for Aaron Rodgers. Aaron, do you um uh, uh, our own Aaron, do you view the um uh, the the Jets like a completely different team now? Like do you look at them and immediately because of his presence and because of some of the weapons that they've brought in, do you does twelve wins seem does, does there potential for that? In that division, and in that, you know, do you think of the Jets just as a completely different organization now that Aaron's there and they've brought some of these people around him?
2: Oh, absolutely. They were, they had some of the worst quarterback play that, well, I mean, I can't, it, it, it was historically bad. It was the worst in the league by far. And, You're upgrading not just a league average quarterback, but an all-time great. Now, he's fallen off, and he's not the same quarterback he was three or four years ago, but it's still a huge upgrade. I don't know if they can win 12 games, because they may have the toughest schedule in the league, but I think that they'll get around there between 10 and 12 wins, and I think they'll be in the playoffs. They have a great defense to go with an offense that added Aaron Rodgers to go along with Garrett Wilson, who... Had 1100 yards as a rookie last year and just looked outstanding despite playing with the worst quarterbacks in the league. They got to do something to running back because it doesn't look like Brees Hall will be ready at the start of the season. But they've been looking at Dalvin Cook and some other guys. So yeah, I, I think they're going to have a, a really really good year.
1: All right, uh, and there it is, our uh, NFL Blitz, and we're going to roll into this this uh, second hour of the program. It's the three to six run. It's the uh, It is the uh, Matt Mosley Show. Of course, we at 440, we'll have our campus confidential. But we'll begin the 4 o'clock hour with some huge college news today. Big Ten, thinking about expansion. Florida State trying to get out of the ACC. Lots of college football
3: talk for you.
14: In business since the 1940s, Alamo Steel of Waco delivers over 30,000 tons of steel nationwide every year. And now they're looking to grow their team. They're hiring fitters, welders, machine operators, maintenance and electrical technicians, and supervisors for their plant. Day and evening shifts are available. After 90 days of full-time employment, Alamo Steel offers a comprehensive benefits plan including Medical, dental, vision, short and long-term disability, life insurance, 401K, and more. Full-time positions offer 40-plus hours per week. PTO begins day one of full-time employment. Hourly employees are paid weekly. At Alamo Steel, they believe in above-average pay to attract well-qualified individuals. Apply in person Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, 2784 Old Dallas Road. One block off I-35 in Lacey Lakeview.
3: Flinging a green and gold worldwide on the web at syntexsportsfan.com.
11: My house has a new glow I love my wings
3: from the Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, this is KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DV Temple, ESPN Central Texas.
1: Rolling into the 4 o'clock hour and we've got a lot of breaking news today we got a big uh a big uh, five o'clock hour planned for you jared sandler who uh you hear him on our rangers broadcast rangers texas rangers baseball network he's he'll be at five and then dave wilson at five twenty. so we'll take you all the way until six o'clock aaron what'd you think about andrew heaney last night um I mean, it's just, it's like, it was almost like the pressure had been taken off of him. And uh, goes out last night, the Rangers pitcher, lefty, and 2 uh, 0 win, pitched six shutout innings, struck out a season high 11, and gave up just two hits. Longest uh, start innings wise since he pitched seven innings of one run ball versus the Orioles on May 27th uh bochi said quote one of his best games this year i mean pretty pretty remarkable for heaney to go out there and do that he uh, was quoted saying i'm not going to read too much into who's coming over the fact that management believes in us and that we're adding i think everybody in there feels that um i mean it, it this is uh that was really uh, Bochy pulled Heaney after 80 pitches in the heart of Chicago's order uh, due up in the seventh inning. Uh, Boers, um, Chapman, and Will Smith went scoreless seventh, eighth, and ninth, which was a great uh, sign. Aaron, they just don't have the hitting right now without Seager and Heim in the lineup. We'll see what Hedges can bring behind the plate. Garver at least gives him a bat, but without Heim and Seager, that's tough, now, Aaron. That was a uh, now. Remind me, Aaron, were you producing the uh, Rangers game last night there at the uh, studios? I was. How do you like a an uh, one hour fifty eight minute baseball <laughs> game?
2: It was pretty. It's pretty awesome. Um, I, it's funny. A, a seven oh five start. It was Taco Tuesday, so I was like, ah, oh, it's too late of a start to be able to get by the place I usually go before they close at 10, and I don't like showing up at, like, 9.50. Well, so I went ahead and ate a TV dinner. Yeah, I was out of here by 9.30. I had plenty of time, but mm-hmm. that was only because Heaney and the uh, the opposing pitcher pitched pretty well, too. Not as good as Andrew Heaney, but it was a it was a pitching duel, and it was a fast game. I love it. Under two hours is great.
1: Where do you go for Taco Tuesday?
2: Yeah, I, uh, I will switch, but I was – Gonna go to Rosa's last night. And mm-hmm. Close at ten, and I don't like going.
1: I would past. say, I would say that they would rather have your money because a lot of that stuff is made. So you're nine fifty. I think it's very polite. It's kind of like sometimes, uh, sometimes right. the security guard up at uh, Brahms will try to wave me off when I go rolling in there at ten forty <laughs> for a closing of ten forty five, and then I'll just kind of look at him like, well. I mean, they closed at ten forty-five, and I bet there's a bunch of ice cream back there. And then somebody, it's inside at Brahms, will just wave me back, kind of like, and I just have to look at them like, "Hey, man, they work here." They'll just wave me on back to get my ice cream. Is that rude of me to stop stop there at ten forty? Well, I don't know. These places stay open; they have hours. I I, I don't know, Aaron. It's good. It's very nice of you. I'll say that. I, I may take a little different approach if I need ice cream, ten forty-four. Still, in my mind, they're open with ice cream in there. And they're in the business of selling ice cream. All right, uh, it is the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. Oh, on the time of the game, Aaron, uh, Mitch Garver said of the time, he said, love that, especially if you win, even better. So uh, he was he was loving that. Now, the uh, Rangers and Astros, I mean, this is going to set up. This is going to be a lot of fun. Um, I, I, I can't, I mean, thank, thank the Mets, thank the Mets. All right. <laughs> um, we appreciate the Mets for sending both of these pitchers. uh, added, let's see before the deadline, leading up to the deadline over the week, leading up to the deadline, Astros, uh, Rangers, Astros, and Angels, Aaron had added eight pitchers to a race getting tighter by the moment. Rangers held a half-game lead over Houston with their, their 2-0 shutout, of course. And in Houston, Astros kept pace by casually no-hitting Cleveland. Um, uh, Valdez, Fromber, Valdez, uh, Aaron, th- 93 pitches. Um, got a no-hitter, but their game, Aaron, did at last eight minutes longer, even with a no-hitter, okay? Um, I mean, pretty amazing. Uh, according to Astros owner Jim Crane, uh, the GM, Dana Brown, came running into the office after the Rangers' deal. <laughs> the Astros found a way to peel off Justin Verlander and $35 million from the Mets. Tuesday afternoon. I mean, can you imagine, Aaron, a GM seeing that deal get done, and here comes the here comes the GM running into the owner's office? Now, that may be a little bit of, of uh, hyperbole, but I kind of like to imagine that it had it had to happen like that. Uh, Mitch Garver, Rangers catcher, said, "quote It's going to be a dogfight all the way down to the end." We pull off a big win tonight. Uh, uh, Fr- uh, Framber, throw, Framber throws a no-hitter, so you're just like, man, it's relentless. And these deadline deals, I mean, this is so exciting. I mean, Thursday night's game, I've thought about getting some buddies together. Uh, tomorrow night, that is, Aaron. I want to go see Scherzer. Really want to be out at the ballpark for that. Um Rangers are trying to open their window of contention. Astros trying to keep theirs from shutting. At least that's what some people think. And then uh, Rangers GM Chris Young was quoted saying, I've been focused on the Rangers in any way to make the Texas Rangers better. Our focus coming into the season was on a competitive club um, with a chance to play meaningful games in September and a chance to play in October. This team has done a great job of putting us in that situation at the deadline. It was our responsibility to add to this team and make it even better. I feel like we've done that. Now our focus is just playing good baseball. We didn't expect this division to be easy. Houston is the team to beat. They are the World Series champions, and you know they've played great baseball. The Angels have done a great job of weathering the storm, and Seattle has great pitching and a very good bullpen. Aaron, do you look at the Angels in Seattle? Angels only about five games back. Seattle about six games back. I mean, it's kind of remarkable, especially what the Angels have been through. Do you even look at them at being in the race at all at this point, or do you do you kind of write both of those organizations off? This this, and of course, it's not that late in the game. We got all of August to get into September. And then of course we get into some October baseball. Aaron, have you written the Angels and Mariners off in this divisional race?
2: I have. And it's not that they're not they're untalented. Both teams are talented. In another year, they would both probably have a chance to maybe make the playoffs and have a decent run, but the Rangers and the Astros are, are just better. Everywhere. Their lineups are better and their pitching staffs are significantly better than both those teams. So I, Yeah, I mean, the, the, the A's made a couple of moves, but I don't think it's enough.
1: You know, the Rangers need to put somebody in the bullpen, and Heaney was thought to be a prime candidate, Aaron, because he's he's been effective in relief uh, previously. But you go out and you go six scoreless, strike out 11 – Walk none. Do you think about Martin Perez? It's a good problem to have. I, I don't know, I mean the the rotation now has depth. You got Ivaldi and John Gray that have been out a little bit here, kind of they're kind of skipping gray to give him time. Ivaldi's been out. Aaron, what how do you set up a playoff rotation, what you're for is Scherzer, I guess you go Scherzer, Avaldi, Montgomery. Well, actually maybe Gray third and then Montgomery. Scherzer number one, Avaldi, Gray Montgomery. Aaron, is that how you would set up the rotation? Is does, does would you agree with that?
2: Yeah, I think so. You may swap you may eventually, as you get closer to the playoffs, swap Gray and Montgomery, but just depends on how they're pitching. But I think that would be it. But if Andrew Haney keeps throwing like he did last night, I think he'll he'll make a case to be in that four man rotation.
1: Um Scherzer quoted saying As frustrating and and as up and down as it's been for me, I'm in a spot where I'm healthy, getting my mechanics right, and throwing the ball well. You get to first place, and now you've got to win. That's what it's about. That's where I love to be. Aaron, would you rather have, do you think... I think the Astros are glad they got Verlander, and the Rangers are glad they got Scherzer, and I think that's a great place to be. I mean, if I had to pick, uh, Aaron, I I probably say Verlander in terms of just his playoff pedigree and the great. I'd have to look at their playoff records, but I'd have to lean Verlander just pitching in the playoffs. But for the for the run that you're going to have now. With him in next year's, with Scherzer in next year's rotation, I mean, I I probably would have preferred Scherzer. So it's a good thing the Rangers got, it, got him. Do you agree with that, Aaron? And I wonder what our people agree with. 254 662 1660. The CNC Collision Center text line. Welcome back, CNC. We've missed you. Welcome back, CNC Collision Center text line. Um, text us two five four six six two sixteen sixty. Aaron, all things being equal, if you could have Scherzer or Verlander in a in a playoff series, who do you pick? Who would you rather have?
2: I hate to say it, but I'd rather have Verlander. He's been better yeah. this
1: year. Yeah. But I'd like to see their all time playoff numbers. And, I mean, that'd be pretty easy for us to find, Aaron, and maybe we'll talk about that later in the program. But I'd like to, and a reminder, by the way, if you're enjoying all the Rangers talk and these new players and everything that happens with that, um, the Rangers broadcaster Jared Sandler's on with us at 5 o'clock. 5.20, there'll be some Big 12, um, and we'll talk Texas A&M as well because this guy went to Texas A&M, Dave Wilson. From uh, ESPN.com, good writer, great friend for many years. We used to be together at Morning News. Then actually we were both at ESPN.com at the same time. It'll be fun to have Dave on. That happens at 520 today. Saw Dave last night. He was at our little gathering where we were meeting with some of the uh, the new Baylor uh, coaching staff. Man, I, Aaron, I broke news to uh, Nicole Sheeran earlier today, Georgia alum that she is christian robinson um and by and by the way aaron i um uh, i won't get into like what i educated them on but i had some great conversations with dennis uh with dennis the uh oh aaron okay okay we'll get back to that aaron has some some postseason stats that verlander versus the great scherzer what, what do you have aaron
2: they are they're pretty close max scherzer 7-7 seven and seven postseason record with a 3.58 ERA, 164 strikeouts and one save in 27 postseason appearances. Justin Verlander, 16-11 and 11 with a 3.64 ERA, so slightly higher even though he's got a better record, with 230 strikeouts and 35 appearances in his postseason career.
1: Okay, how many appearances did you say Scherzer had? 27. Okay, not quite as much as Verlander. Verlander may have been uh, maybe on better teams, but they both had plenty of experience. I mean, sadly, compared to Kershaw, Aaron, which is when you look at those generations of pitchers, Scherzer and Verlander, and then, of course, Bumgarner. Uh, Bumgarner probably has better postseason numbers than all of those people I just mentioned. But both of those pitchers, Aaron, have been better in the postseason than the great Kershaw. Like if I had to pick the greatest pitchers of those of that generation, I'm picking Kershaw number one. If you're just talking about overall, Aaron, but I if you're when you have to put the playoffs and you certainly have to put the playoffs in, you gotta have Scherzer and Verlander probably both ahead of Kershaw. Aaron, look up Kershaw's real quick if you don't mind. Um, I and 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 then Bumgarner is the clutchest of all time. I mean, but Madison Bumgarner is probably up there with one of the the greatest. I mean, he may be up there as maybe the greatest of all time. Postseason pitchers of people, be it Mosley. What about Bob Gibson? What about uh, you know all the great Yankees pitchers? I get it. I get it. My gosh, I I understand. Whitey, and I mean, or you get you get uh, even look at um, uh, Sandy Koufax, all of that, but uh, Bumgarner's numbers are incredible. All right, Aaron, where is Kershaw? Where are Kershaw's numbers?
2: Kershaw, thirty-eight postseason appearances, so that's more than Either. both Scherzer and Verlander. His ERA is four point two two, so about three quarters of a run higher. Two hundred thirteen strikeouts and one save in those thirty-eight appearances. So, whereas Verlander and Scherzer, What'd you say had almost, his record was, it was thirteen and twelve. The Scherzer and Verlander had almost identical ERAs and were yeah. very, very close in strikeouts per inning. Uh, Kershaw was higher and higher in ERA and lower in strikeouts per inning than both of them.
1: Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, they've both had better postseason careers than Kershaw. But Aaron, if we had to say who was the greatest pitcher of their genera- of that generation, would you put those two? Ahead of Kershaw, based on the post, because I think you have to take into consideration the 162 games. I mean, my gosh, to get them there, to be in the position to go to the postseason 38 times. Whatever you said about Kershaw, I think I'd still rank Kershaw first. I'd go Kershaw. I actually I'd go, I'd go Kershaw, Bumgarner, <sighs> Verlander, Scherzer. Does that sound right to you, Aaron, or would you put those other guys ahead of Kershaw based on their postseason?
2: And it—I it, know it's going to sound weird because I just told you how close that Scherzer uh, and Verlander are, but I would probably put Verlander first. Okay. And and very close to each other in second, I would have Scherzer and Kershaw, but I would have Scherzer ahead of him. Ahead of Kershaw? Yeah.
1: Golly man, I have a hard time. Now I <laughs> I know Clayton, so I'm very biased and he's a Dallas guy. Oh man, that's a rough one. I, I just I still want to say that Kershaw is the best pitcher of his generation. I just have a hard time not saying that. Uh, That's kind of an interesting conversation. If you want to weigh in on that, the CNC Collision Center text line, 254-662-1660. Aaron, have you welcomed CNC back? I mean, isn't that kind of nice to have them them back on the text line?
2: Absolutely. We did that during uh, the press box, but need to do that again. CNC Collision text line, 388 no six six two sixteen six. Excuse me. Two five four six. I think you were like giving your number. You
1: were giving your number out to people. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Let's see. We've got oh we we've got so much coming up. Let's do something quick here, Aaron, and then because we got we got a major campus confidential today with a bunch of breaking news. We'll get you caught up on a little um, Cowboys breaking news real quick. And then, and then, of course, at 4:40, uh, thanks to uh, Jim Turner Chevrolet, we've got the huge Campus Confidential, and there's there's in, there's big time breaking news today. Pac-12, Big Ten, uh, all over the place. ACC. We'll talk about it uh, all in Campus Confidential. All of that's
5: coming up next. This is ESPN Central Texas.
1: Got chronic joint pain? Not having success with steroids, but trying to avoid surgery. Well, thankfully, there's a better way. And it's now available here for the medical professionals at QC Kinetics. It's Matt Mosley, the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. I'm talking about new advanced regenerative medicine treatments that can restore and repair damaged tissue in your bad joints, providing lasting relief with no drugs, no surgery, and no downtime. QC Kinetics, nation's leader in precision regenerative medicine with over 100 clinics across America and literally thousands of satisfied patients. If you got joint pain, due to arthritis, knee pain, hip pain, shoulder pain, don't just think the old ways of dealing with pain are the only ways. You need to learn more about these new regenerative options that can change your life. Call QC Kinetics now. Free consultation with local medical professionals. 254-415-4100. 254-415-4100. That's QC Kinetics. 254-415-4100.
3: You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios.
14: In business since the 1940s, Alamo Steel of Waco delivers over 30,000 tons of steel nationwide every year. And now they're looking to grow their team. They're hiring fitters, welders, machine operators, maintenance and electrical technicians, and supervisors for their plant. Day and evening shifts are available. After 90 days of full-time employment, Alamo Steel offers a comprehensive benefits plan including medical, dental, vision, short and long-term disability, life insurance, 401k and more. Full-time positions offer 40 plus hours per week. PTO begins day one of full-time employment. Hourly employees are paid weekly. At Alamo Steel, they believe in above average pay to attract well-qualified individuals. Apply in person Monday through Friday 8 to 5, 2784 Old Dallas Road, one block off I-35 in Lacey Lakeview.
11: My house is
12: universalwindowscentraltexas.com that's universalwindowscentraltexas.com or call 254-301-7760 and be sure to check out their great Google and Angie List reviews I
11: love my windows
4: They've got that brand new home effect Universal Windows Direct
16: There are lots of reasons to own a golf cart: Get around the neighborhood Cruising the Lake at campground. Perfect for light duty on the farm or work site. And you can't run a festival without golf carts. Oh, yeah, and golf carts are pretty great for playing golf, too. There's lots of reasons to own a golf cart, but only one best place to buy one. Mission Golf Cars in Waco off Highway 6 at Bagby has the largest selection of easy-go golf carts for sale, rent, lease, or repairs in Central Texas. Check us out online at missiongolfcars.com. And remember, at Mission Golf Cars, quality
3: always comes standard. Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas.
1: It is the, uh, the Matt Mosley Show, and uh, welcome back to town, Baylor players. All right, if you kind of get back into town, you're listening to the flagship as you should. And um, it's, uh, the Bears are reporting for duty today. Great to have everybody back in town after a quick break. And a lot of them been working out all summer. Some of them probably didn't even leave, but they are back on campus. Coaches ready to roll. Got to see some of the coaches last night. Man, I love Jay Stewart. Um, got to talk to Matt Pallets, defensive coordinator Christian Robinson. What a cool dude that is. Uh, played at Georgia. Stewart was with um, uh, uh, Mateo and uh, Mateos and, um, and and Jeff Grimes. At BYU, we got kind of the Mormon contingent, although I don't think any of them are Mormon, but they did spend some time up there with the Mormons doing some LDS work. Aaron, I don't know. I don't know. What is LDS work? I love the LDS, by the way. I I love our association now with BYU. And, man, Aaron, you remember that Big 12 media days, how cool that was? Like how into it the BYU people were? It was just like, I mean, they, they would have stayed there with us if I said, hey, could you do, Coach, would you mind going five hours? Uh, the, the the AD, would you mind going like a couple hours with me? They just would have done it. What an attitude. What a good group. Welcome, BYU. All right, Aaron, and by the way, while we're doing this programming announcement, um, um, we got Tweedy Carter, Baylor legend, 4 o'clock tomorrow. Set your appointments. Set your appointments tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Just kind of confirm that. And, uh, Aaron, for people wondering, well, Tweedy, Tweety, I believe today, jumped back in there with the former greats. They were in town. I mean, Quincy Acey, Ish Wainwright, Davion Mitchell. I mean, you name it, they were all Tarian, Prince. They were all these great um, – uh, Lace Darius was there, Corey Jefferson – you name the greats. Now they didn't go back. The sixty year old Terry Teagle wasn't playing. Vinny at age sixty-five or whatever he is. They would he wasn't playing. But uh boy, the the twenty and thirty something former greats. Now I did not see Gerald's and Dugat and that much. They're getting golly, they gotta be getting close to like thirty eight or forty or whatever. But man, they're they're really love those guys. Um actually they wouldn't be that old. Curtis Charles will probably be mid thirties or something by then, but man, that that was fun. And Tweety organized this reunion and had everybody back. And I think Epe, They were thinking Epe might run by. Oh, Jared was there. Jared Butler. I I don't know if I saw Royce or not. Anyway, bunch up bunch of the guys were there. Uh, and it was quite a reunion, and they got to play the current guys. Aaron. I mean, you saw that picture, didn't you? I think we were talking about it yesterday. That was a team. That was some great former Baylor players. Can you imagine Ray J, Dennis, and uh, who's my buddy, Aaron? Oh, Jaden Nunn, the big defender. They said he and Davion had some great talk back and forth. And they said Lace, they got in his face, Aaron uh you know they were they were telling him, hey you got a guard lace and they said they didn't understand they gave him like two inches and he buried a three came, came back down they gave him one inch buried a three in their face i mean how old is lace now aaron i mean he was doing that back in i mean lace has got to be early 30s mid 30s or whatever still they said just absolutely dropping bombs on everybody out there the all-time leader, uh, all-time Big 12 scoring leader, all-time scoring leader, period, for Baylor. Um, I did, he did get passed in the Big 12. I think Buddy Heald passed him, you know, in that 2016, right? Whenever Buddy came through. And uh, he did pass uh, the Great Lace. But, man, that was so cool. And Tweedy organized that. Tweedy's now an assistant coach for the Bears and does a really nice job, and so we'll have Tweedy on tomorrow at 4 o'clock to talk about the reunion, what that was like. I'm going to ask him uh, what some of those matchups were like. Now, as I understand it, Tweedy just, he coached, I think he coached for the Baylor current players yesterday, but today he jumped back out there with his former a lot of his former teammates and former Baylor greats. Tweedy played with Lace and Epe and Lomers and that bunch. That uh, Anthony, uh, that that whole crew that uh, almost went to the Final Four and that uh, controversial ending against Duke. But uh, that really, Tweedy was the driving force behind kind of turning the corner. Okay, okay, and a reminder: we've got. Campus Confidential coming up here in a minute, uh, Aaron. What do you uh, what do you have for us in uh, breaking news sounder?
2: Some exciting news for the Texas Rangers. Evan Grant reporting that Corey Seager will play tonight, and a new lineup for tonight's game will be released. So great news for the Rangers. Corey Seager back in the lineup.
1: Wow! And we've got the. Um, you know, the, one of the broadcasters for the Rangers uh, radio broadcast, Jared Sandler, on with us at 5 o'clock. Perfect timing, Aaron. I don't know if we always have perfect timing. But in this <laughs> instance, it is perfect timing. And good on you for busting in. That's very worth, worthy of a breaking news sounder. Although Tweety, remember, listen for Tweety at 4 o'clock tomorrow. But Seeger, they thought, I was reading or listening last night. They thought maybe by this weekend sometime was uh, was the best case scenario. Wow, that can't happen soon enough. That's amazing. Seeger back in the lineup, put him right back at number two, move my man Jankowski back down. He's do, He's done fine, but he doesn't need to be up there at number two and and then we'll get excited about when Heim gets ready to return. But for now, you got Garver, Hedges has come into town, got all these new pitchers, got three new pitchers, got the new catcher. We'll uh, count Chapman. Chapman's deal was done before the deadline as well. Very, very exciting news. Corey Seager uh, back in the lineup. Aaron, did they re-release? Are, are you looking at the new lineup, or do you not have that in front of you?
2: No, they haven't released it yet. Evan oh, okay. Grant said that it should be oh, okay. out shortly. Okay,
1: coming soon. Mm-hmm. I love it when they when they have to redo a lineup. That is huge news with Seeger in the lineup. Sorry, White Sox. Sorry. Sorry, White Sox. They're bringing back, honestly, the guy who's been the best hitter on the team. And, and I know other guys have put up better. He, he hasn't played enough to completely register. He's been out too much uh, for all the stats and everything. But I, I think if I had to say who's the most feared hitter, on this team, it'd be between Garcia and Seager, and then Simeon, and then maybe Heim. Um, Aaron, am I, oh, well, Young, golly. Would you put Young in front of Heim, Aaron, as far as the most feared hitter on this team? Would you put, would you, or would you, I mean, those guys are pretty close, I would say, as, in terms of most feared hitters.
2: Yeah, oh, man, that's tough. They're really close. I'd probably put Heim slightly ahead, but
1: yeah, they, they both I mean, have I,
2: great they have had great seasons so far.
1: I, I, I Seeger's just a better hitter than pretty much all of those guys. But feared, I think you don't want to see Garcia and their runners on base. I mean, he's he is scary. All right, uh, let's do some um, campus confidential. And uh, Aaron, oh man. He has an embarrassment of riches today. ACC news, Pac-12
3: news, Big Ten news. It's all coming your way next. Listen to ESPN Central Texas online at syntexsportsfan.com Listen to the Matt Mosley Show online at syntechsportsfan.com.
15: Hey, this is Stephanie.
3: And this is Ward with the Press Box on ESPN Central Texas.
15: Come join our sister station, 92.9 Shooter FM, as they broadcast live at Tilson Homes New Design Center in Waco Saturday, August
12: 5th. Enjoy free food from Max Fry House and enter to win prizes.
15: And tour their three new model homes and learn how you can build on your land.
12: They offer easy buy financing. So
15: stop by Saturday, August 5th from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. and Shooter will be on site 12 noon to 2 p.m. Tilson
12: homes new design center in waco at 6146 north state highway 6.
11: everything we do we do for you empower your financial future with first central credit union make the drive and make it possible with an auto loan or vehicle refinance to first central have a winning season with first central savings blitz play Quick local team loan processing with competitive rates and flexible terms. Apply online. We make it easy to score at FirstCentralCU.com. Everything we do, we do for you.
12: Membership and loan policy requirements apply. Member NCUA.
16: There are lots of reasons to own a golf cart. Get around the (laughs) neighborhood. Cruising the lake at campground.
6: Campus Confidential is brought to you by Jim Turner Chevrolet, where they say we're just a heartbeat away in McGregor, and we treat you like family. Check them out at
3: turnerchevy.com. It's time for Campus Confidential, our daily look at college football news. Here's your host, Matt Mosley.
1: Well, I may host it, but I mean the supplier of the news and the nuggets is none other than Aaron Sexton. And uh, thank you, Jim Turner Chevrolet. Thank you for what you do. Those beautiful trucks out there uh, just on that lot. Derek, way to move them. Lasseter, Clay's back there just like, I mean, he's got finance on lockdown. What a tremendous uh, dealership, great friends of mine. And uh, they just, they know how to get it done. They know how to move vehicles off that lot and uh, we appreciate them being such a huge part of our show. And, of course, they're involved in our uh, pregame show, our Baylor Alumni Tailgate Show. We call it the kickoff show, Baylor Alumni Kickoff Show. I need to just start saying that over and over. But uh, great to have uh, Jim Turner Chevrolet. Jim's a great friend. And, uh, man, just uh, he's just been awesome. He's been a, a huge supporter uh, of no matter where I've been on the dial. Um, well, I've been on this station. But... Whether I, where I've been on the clock, ten to noon, da da da, three to six, four to six, he's always been there for me, and I appreciate that. And of course, Central National Bank, our presenting sponsor. Well, the, both of them have been pre- presenting sponsors, but uh, and both are just great allies and great friends. And C and B, Central National Bank, is. Well, they're stepping up. They're stepping up even more, and they're going to be doing some fun things with us in the fall at those pregames. We're we're thinking it's headed that way, kind of excited about that. Brian Fonville, Veronica Thompson, the whole staff over there, extremely gifted, fun, great people to work with. It is Central National Bank. All right, Aaron, um, lots to get to um, with all this Pac-12, ACC, um and um and, and you start wherever you want to start because there's a lot to get to. Where do you want to go with this,
2: man? It's <laughs> we'll start with Florida State because that just happened a couple of hours ago. They had a a uh, board of trustees meeting and there was a lot said, including one of the trustees saying, "quote It's not a matter of if, but how and when." When asked about leaving, the when talking about leaving the ACC. While the Big Ten and the SEC both think major media rights contracts the last couple of years, the ACC remains locked into their deal with ESPN that doesn't expire until 2036. And Florida State President Richard McCullough, along with trustees today, lamented the gap in revenue projections between the ACC and the country's top two conferences. He said, quote, We are seeing large media deals that have been made like the Big Ten and the SEC, which in many ways – have created an existential crisis for Florida State. We will be, we will be $30 million per school per year behind in our gap in conference distribution with contracts that are said to go through 2036. He's, the, uh, pres- the Florida State president also said, quote, that the Seminoles will at some point consider leaving the ACC barring a radical change in revenue distribution. And there's a lot of other quotes. Other trustees were even more candid. Uh, like I said, uh, F- it was FSU trustee Drew Weatherford uh, who said, it's not a matter of if we leave the ACC, but how and when. So, lots of smoke coming for Florida State today.
1: He may have played there. I need to look that up because earlier when we were talking about him. His familiar. name rings a bell. That's uh, Drew Weatherford, a regent in Florida State. We'll see whether this is just simply – it's almost like Aaron – Hey, there's a big stage right now, and all these Pac-12 and Big 12, all the talk, and Colorado's leaving. It's kind of like the Florida State said, "We better get up here and shout. We better get up here on our soapbox and um, and and get the word out there." Are they just? Are these idle threats? Could they actually, you know, leave with the rights? One of the people that was uh, interviewed today basically kind of thumbed his nose at the GOR the grant of rights, which all these teams signed, saying, ah, oh, it's just a document. Well, it's a problem with our country, Aaron, which just everybody has that view of everything, whether it be a handshake deal or actual documents. That's kind of like what we all, I'm not saying we all do this, but there's too many people that are like, ah, oh, it doesn't mean anything. It's just a document. We can get our way out of that. And uh, that's kind of its kind of where we are. And uh, ACC um and, and all these comments, Aaron. It just there's no there's just too much stuff going on, and they can't stand the thought of of seeing like USC and I mean it just they feel outmaneuvered. They feel like they, to see USC and UCLA get all this, and to see these other teams in Colorado get to to go make a move. They're feeling left out. Now their their desired uh, landing spot would be. The big bad SEC. That probably makes the most sense, and to get them in there with uh, with Florida, we—I mean—I'd welcome them in and let them be with UCF and and uh, and have a big time. But I think that's Aaron. That's kind of what they think of themselves, you know. Like they they think they think that uh, all the rest of the ACC, other than Clemson, is kind of beneath them. Well, have they seen their record over the past ten years? I mean, have they looked? I mean, since Jimbo got that uh, national title in 2013, somewhere back then, I mean, the last 10 years have been slim pickets, okay, the last decade. So I don't necessarily think Greg Sankey wakes up in the morning like, oh, my gosh, what if we got the Seminoles? Oh, what if we got Justin whatever his name is? What if we got him in here? How awesome would that be? Nobody's saying that. OK, but well, they're trying to create a deal. They're trying to create some noise and nobody wants to get left at the table. You know, nobody wants. I mean, there's like musical chairs. It's like we don't want to get passed over if we have a chance to go somewhere. So in Aaron, I know you're about to mention this other story that came out earlier today. Dan Wetzel from Yahoo Sports. But that probably is, is a big part of what's prompting Florida State to, to say all this stuff. But they're also just ripping their own conference. I mean, like, basically, those things always tear, tear you good apart. Line. No. And they, and they want a way bigger distribution, and that might happen for Clemson and Florida State. But I promise you it'll lead to the breakup of the conference. It always does. I mean, everybody hated the that. Longhorns for the Longhorn Network. They hated them for it. Okay, you're special? Well, yeah, yeah, they know they're special. They're the, the, you know, the core, they're the huge, uh, you know, one of the biggest brands in all of college athletics. And they knew they had, they could flex their muscle, and they did. And it was one of the reasons, Nebraska, Missouri, Texas A&M, Colorado, everybody left. And it's very funny. We haven't even talked about that enough, Aaron. I think I mentioned it the other day. It is hilarious that on Texas's way out, here comes Colorado. Okay, it's safe to come back now. The horns are gone. Here we come, because that's why everybody left in the, in the first place. And oh by the way, they're going to go to the SEC and they're going to try to act just like that. Now again, Alabama and Auburn and everybody else will just be like, "What are y'all doing? What are y- why are y'all acting like that? Y'all don't run anything." LSU. I mean, you think they're gonna you think they're gonna be scared of Texas? No, but boy, Texas. That's the only way they know how to behave. It's just the way they're wired, and they'll they'll come in there and go, you know, from day one. Hey guys, uh, okay, everybody report to us now in Austin, and LSU and everybody else are gonna be like, no, nah, I'm sorry. Hey y'all met Nick Saban in in uh, Tuscaloosa. Now nah, that's not how it works. But don't 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 think that that's not how. And I'm not saying all their fans are like that. They got great fans. They do. I got great friends that are Longhorns. I'm just saying that's how their athletic department has behaved for the last well many years, while not winning anything, while not winning a single thing since 2009, playing the national title game 2009, and they've been out in the wilderness ever since. Nobody's heard from them. I mean, it's it literally since 2010, nobody's ever heard of them. It's kind of like what whatever happened to the Longhorns?
2: By the way, yeah. Uh- the uh, Florida State trustee, Drew Weatherford, that you thought that name sounded familiar, he was a Florida State quarterback from 2004 to 2008, so that is why.
1: Gotcha. We, we did. We, it's That's why he was ringing a bell.
2: Absolutely. The other big story today, the Big Ten has started considering further additions to its 16-team conference, with league members holding preliminary conversation surrounding expansion to as many as 20 teams, according to the... A couple of articles, this one by Dennis Stodd from CBS Sports. While Oregon, Washington, California, and Stanford, all Pac-12 members are programs under consideration by the league. It is Oregon and Washington that are the primary focus should the Big Ten choose to expand by two programs and become an 18-team conference.
1: All right. I... I mean, it's it's really interesting, and, and I love the exploratory nature of this. We see when, when everybody's motivated to get things done, they can get it done in a hurry. Right, Aaron? They meet up. They get the regions together. I mean, Colorado certainly had met and was ready to go. It, but it, and it wasn't like even that day. Like, we actually think, oh, Arizona, they'll, they'll need to have several meetings. Aaron, behind the closed doors, if Robbins, the president of Arizona, has been talking to the the chair of the Regents in Arizona, they'll be ready to roll. They might be ready to roll by Friday. Even Arizona State, which has been more resistant than Arizona, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, we used to think they could never part ways. And the first time Oklahoma tried to bolt, they couldn't. I mean, they kind of almost forced them to take Oklahoma State with them. This time they just didn't even care. I mean, really, and again, that makes me mad when I think about it, that OU just said, Oh, to heck with you! To heck with this! All these years, a hundred years of of uh, playing each other and being in the same state and our families being all together. To heck with you! We got to look out for ourselves. But that's the uh, that's the cutthroat nature of uh, college athletics. All right, we do have one of the uh,
3: broadcasters, the Texas Rangers, Jared Sandler, uh, joins us next. Find sports news, streaming, and show podcast at syntechsportsfan.com.
4: you in car shopping quality vehicle outstanding reputation a dealership you can depend on hi i'm amy hunter and at jeff hunter toyota you get all three of those but don't take my word for it according to consumer reports toyota has been named one of the most reliable brands in the auto industry stop by and let us prove it to you
7: shop jeff hunter toyota toyota quality waco values
3: Hey, guys, we all give gifts on birthdays, anniversaries, and holidays,
12: but have you ever given just because gift? When it's not expected, it means the most coming from you. Since 1979, Morrison Gifts has been Waco's gift store for every occasion. Choose some lines of gift ideas, including John Hart leather goods, big old key rings, candles, and jewelry. Always free gift wrapping and delivery is available. Morrison Gifts, a Baylor alumni-owned business. That's Morrison Gifts on the corner of Waco Drive and Valley Mills, close to Jason's Deli.
7: Qualifications and rules apply. See Genco FCU for detail. Warning, free Genco Kasasa checking may lead to a rise in disposable income due to cash back on everyday debit card purchases, refunds on ATM fees, and eliminations of so-called service fees. Increased satisfaction may result while operating your Genco debit card. If you suffer from chronic money loss, search for help at any Genco branch office. This has been a financial health advisory courtesy of Genco FCU. My money, my
5: future, my credit union. games more action baseball looks different in 2023 so
3: do the texas rangers summer is fun again in arlington make your plans to catch a game or two this season at globe life field more teams than ever are coming to face the rangers great matchups lively crowds and climate controlled comfort await you at the ballpark along with fun giveaways and city connect fridays grab your tickets at rangers.com from the alan samuels dodge chrysler jeep ram studios this is krzi waco k222 dc waco k265 dv temple espn central texas welcome back to
0: the matt mosley show the presenting sponsor of the matt mosley show is central national bank your leading independent bank with locations in waco temple and austin Also sponsored by Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep Ram, Barnett Contracting, Baylor Line Foundation, Jim Turner Chevrolet, Marineland Boating Center, Schmalch's Sandwich Shop, The Baylor Club, Time Manufacturing, and UBO Business Services. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's
1: Matt Mosley. On his Matt Mosley, Matt Mosley Show. Let's go out to the ballpark. Jared Sandler standing by and uh, Jared news breaking as we speak about the lineup. I mean is if as if things needed to get more fun. Um I the news comes down that Corey Seeger uh is actually playing tonight. And um so Jared, have you uh welcome to the show by the way. If you have you secured the new lineup yet in time <laughs> in time to present it now.
17: I, uh, I think, I think we'll be able to get it done before the game, but, uh, yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely a little bit of a change, uh, but a welcome one. Uh, this is not quite Adrian Beltre coming back after three weeks following, uh, an injury that was supposed to keep him out for eight weeks. Uh, but not too far off. I don't think we thought we'd see uh, Corey Seeger until maybe this weekend at the earliest, but the big surprise to me, Matt, is not only is he in the lineup, but he's playing shortstop. You know, we were kind of told he might uh, come back in DH for a week or so before he was ready to play short. So uh, the fact that he's able to do both, a little bit of surprise and also significant because it allows them to keep Mitch Garver's bat in the lineup uh, because Mitch here of late has actually been swinging the bat pretty well.
1: Man, this is uh, an exciting time. Uh, Corey Seager back in there uh, playing shortstop. Just put him in the two-hole and let this thing get going. Um, it, Jared, being around the players after these uh, trades, what's it, what the, has the energy been like? Um, I just feel, I feel like there's probably that belief when a GM makes these moves, it just gives a team a jolt. I think back to those years ago, Cliff Lee, we didn't know how to act. Was it, stuff like that never happened. Uh, it has been a while since there's been a jolt quite like this. What's been the uh, reaction from the players and, and, and everybody that you're around?
17: Yeah, I mean, excitement. I, I It really started when they acquired a role as Chapman. Uh, that move happened about an hour and a half, maybe two hours before first pitch, so, you know, we didn't have any real opportunity at that time to talk to guys, but then, you know, that next day, uh, just, you know, listening, uh, to some of the conversations and, and observing the reactions, you know, it, it, it's exactly what you'd expect, uh, when you acquire a guy who frankly has been one of the very best at his position in his generation, you know, at the back end of the bullpen. And there was almost this, uh, you know, this mystique and, and this guy, he's a real person is going to come and play for the Rangers. And it was sort of similar with Max Scherzer uh, you know, it, for a lot of these guys. You know, there, there are a lot of young guys on this team. They grew up watching Max Scherzer back when they were still, you know, fans hoping one day to maybe sniff uh, college baseball, let alone, you know, making it to the majors. And so, uh, you know, for a lot of these guys, it's like a Holy smokes, uh, you know, Max is on our team, but, when you get down to business yeah I, I think it's rejuvenating I think it's uh, you know it, it, it gives them confidence knowing that uh, their general manager their front office decided to you know go out and get them this sort of support and uh, hopefully they can respond by uh, playing well because they you know they didn't play very well uh, leading up to the uh, the trade deadline losing five of six on the road trip and now they're in a position as we speak Matt, uh, they're tied for first place with the Astros after the Astros won earlier today. So a win, they maintained that, but a loss. Uh, they're going to wake up tomorrow with the Astros in first place of the division.
1: What does Scherzer, what was that, uh, that that first news conference, what was his, what did he come across? I read some of the quotes, listened to a little bit of it. I liked his 100%, you know, f- when I'm finishing or starting the game, going to give 100% every time out but the, the the presence that we've kind of seen from afar getting to see him and you've been you've probably seen him in person before obviously but just kind of in seeing him in a Rangers uniform and and being around him what was that uh, what was that like what was his presence like in in his messaging
17: yeah i mean it's kind of crazy uh you know he had the press conference yesterday and uh yeah i mean you You hear about how he's kind of this maniacal competitor, like uber-focused, super intense on days he starts and then anything he really does, and you could almost sense that with his answers. I mean, he he didn't really half, you know what, half, I don't know if I can say it, half backside any of the questions. You know, he gave really (laughs) good, thorough, complete answers, and he meant business. You know, when he was asked what the last 48 hours were like, he gave a pretty detailed account of conversations he had with the Mets and you could almost sense a little bit of smoke coming out of his uh, ears out of frustration with the way, you know, that season unfolded and how things turned for them. So uh, I'm really excited to watch him pitch tomorrow. Uh, You know, I know that the numbers this year don't suggest that he's at the same form or level that he's been maybe in years past, but he's still Max Scherzer. And there's a lot of reason to believe that uh, he's going to really help this rotation and, yeah, I mean it's crazy. Jacob Degrom, I know he didn't uh, wasn't healthy for too long, but just seeing that guy pitch for the Rangers, and now you got another guy who's arguably, uh, you know, one of the two or three best pitchers of his generation now pitching for the Rangers. Uh, it's pretty cool, and uh, hopefully he's able to help this team not only on days he starts, but days uh, in between, just as an influence and a veteran presence.
1: What's well, cooler when you're calling the games like you are? jared sandler i mean that's kind of that's kind of nice isn't it i mean it's just amazing to watch all this unfold and this is what we've always wanted rangers and the astros to be like Mono y mano they haven't always been great at the same time and i don't know if they're great this year but they're really really good and and to to now i mean the back and forth verlander they go get verlander i mean they're just kind of throwing haymakers even off the field and some of it was almost on the field recently. Doesn't this give the rivalry even a little more juice or a lot more juice?
17: Yeah, no, I mean you're right, boy, you said earlier, uh, when the since the Astros have joined the division, the only two years prior to this year in which both teams were actual playoff contenders were twenty fifteen and twenty sixteen. And the rivalry was awesome then. Now uh you know maybe I, I, I say that because the Rangers ended up winning the division both those years, but there was a lot of intensity. There were a few benches clearing moments. Uh, you know, Colin McHugh throwing at Carlos Gomez uh, prior to that, you know, the, the Jeff Bannister pointing at the Astros dugout situation. I mean, they're just, there was an intensity, there was an importance uh, and, you know, rivalries at the professional level aren't the same. They're not as sustainable as at the college level. Uh, and so when you get, a window of time in which one exists, it's really neat. And so, you know, I fully expect there to be a a pretty impressive intensity in early September when these two teams meet. And and the other thing, Matt, because of the new schedule, uh, you know, you don't play your division as much. So those games become even more important. And also, now that you don't have game 163, uh, you know, if the two teams finish the regular season with the same record in the past, you'd play a one-game playoff. To determine the division winner you don't have that anymore and so uh, now it's about who wins the season series and I mean the Rangers are gonna have to sweep the Astros in order to do that but I mean there's an extra layer of significance there because I mean who knows they might end up with the same record it's certainly not uh, some crazy possibility so it's fun I-, I think I think the bench is clearing the other day uh, you know, the, the blood boiling a little bit, it's good. It's healthy. You know, I, I think it's great that Rangers fans hate the Astros, and I think it's great that Astros fans hate the Rangers. You know, sports rivalry uh, is fun, and I think it, it makes sports a little more enjoyable and entertaining when you can bring that sort of passion to the forefront.
1: What did you think about Heaney's performance, knowing he could have maybe been headed for the bullpen? Goes out six scoreless, uh, 11 strikeouts. I mean, he kind of made his case for hey, maybe maybe think about leaving me in here. I mean, that was uh, timing on that was uh, tremendous. How do you see that situation shaking out with Martin Perez being a possibility? Heaney, obviously, what um, where do you think that thing's headed?
17: Yeah, so there are a few things in play. I, I think the guy of the three uh, whose names have been mentioned: Dane Dunning, Martin Perez, and Andrew Heaney, who has performed the 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 worst is Martin Perez. Uh but you also look at him, you know, what in what way would he be able to help the bullpen? And and I don't know, you know, he doesn't miss a lot of bats. The bullpen already has a lot of lefties. So maybe it's just kind of a long relief innings eater type guy. Andrew Heaney's someone who could maybe be more of a weapon in a a small sample, but you know, I I don't know that you want to just take him out of the rotation. And Dane Dunning is a righty and the bullpen needs righties, but he's been the best of the three of them. So I don't know that you can make sense out of taking him out of the rotation so my guess is right away uh, as long as John Gray's healthy Martin Perez will go to the bullpen just a guess just a hunch and they would use him in one of those long relief multi-inning maybe mid-inning type uh, type situations but you know there's no doubt that there's still a lot of focus on the bullpen and the Rangers need uh, someone to step up and I guess there's always the possibility that they look at their rotation and say hey you know what we can maybe go with martin perez is our fifth starter because we think that the net gain of andrew heaney in the bullpen might be more beneficial to get some swing and miss but i think right off the bat especially after heaney's performance yesterday we'll see martin perez going to the bullpen as long as john gray is able to make his next start this weekend
1: all right and then uh, jordan montgomery chris stratton coming over from the uh, cardinals what did you kind of know about them before and, and how, how big of additions do you think uh, they could be? Stratton's numbers aren't great, but some of the underlying analytics suggest maybe he's not pitched that poorly as maybe his ERA would suggest. We don't fall in love with ERAs when it comes to relievers, um, you know, in that situation. What do, you, what do you make of those additions that aren't getting quite as much attention, obviously, as a Scherzer?
17: Yeah, I mean, you know the the funny thing. We'll start with Montgomery. If you did kind of a blind taste test and just looked at Scherzer's numbers and Montgomery's numbers without knowing whose numbers were whose, uh, you know, you'd point to Montgomery's numbers as the one, uh, the set of numbers that would you know clearly be the uh, you know the the better performance, the better level of production. That's not to say he is better, but he's you know he's had a really good year. Uh, you know, we had a chance to speak to Mike Maddox yesterday, who had him last year in St. Louis for a period of time, and. He just said, you know, the thing that kind of is a separator for him is his level of, of competition on the mound. You know, when when situations are tough, uh, you know, some of these guys they have a tough time, and and they I don't want to say they wilt, but uh, they they don't do as well uh, when they're backed into a corner. Whereas, you know, according to Mike Maddox, that's something that Jordan Montgomery does a good job of, is, is sort of uh, you know stepping up a little bit when there's a runner at, at third base and one out, and you know, that guy can't score. And just in those high-intensity environments, and he pitched well for the Yankees for years, and, you know, that, that's about as high-intensity, high-pressure as it gets. Uh, with Stratton, you know, to be honest with you, Matt, I, I haven't seen a whole lot of him as a reliever. I remember when he was starting for San Francisco, but the things that really stand out, you know, watching some, some tape and just looking at the numbers, uh, the numbers side, it's the spin rate and the fastball and the curveball and the way those pitches can play. Uh, but what I like about him is, you know, he attacks the zone. He's not, I don't want to say a, a direct uh, comparison to Will Smith, but, you know, no one's going to watch Will Smith and say, man, this guy's got nasty stuff. He just, he pitches in the zone. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't shy away. And, and that's something that Chris Stratton's done uh, when he's been successful. I don't know that he's going to be the answer to, you know, a tough uh, stretch in the eighth inning from the right side, but who knows? You know, maybe he gets on a roll, gets into a rhythm. You know, I, I always, Think about Sam Dyson in 2015 when the Rangers acquired him. No one had any clue that that guy would end up being maybe the biggest addition to the bullpen uh, that season and and be such a big factor. So maybe Chris Stratton can have a similar type of uh, similar type of uh, uh, impact. But at minimum, it's going to add some depth. And, you know, I always think that we focus so much on, hey, can you protect the lead in the seventh, eighth and ninth? And those are obviously important moments. But what about in the sixth inning when you're down by a run? Uh, are you able to keep it at a one run deficit to give your bats a chance to catch up? And frankly, the Rangers in those situations this year have really struggled. They've seen a lot of one or two run deficits become four or five run deficits. And, you know, at that point, it becomes a lot tougher to climb that mountain. So I think in one way or the other, his addition is going to add some much needed depth.
1: Sam Dyson, remind me, did he have a beard? I mean, I'm trying yeah, to now like a back. Okay.
17: Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. And he, Redheaded. You know, when, yeah.
1: He was good.
17: When he was acquired, uh, no one knew who he was, really. And Nick Martinez's brother was visiting from Florida. And Nick Martinez's brother unknowingly sat in the locker that was designated for Sam Dyson. And all the writers were waiting for Sam Dyson to get there. And they just all (laughs) swarmed Nick Martinez's brother. And I think they started asking him questions as if he was Sam Dyson. And, you know, Nick Martinez's brothers, I, I, sorry, I don't think I'm the guy you're looking for, but, you know, that just doesn't happen, right? I mean, you you see these guys, that's how much of an unknown Nick uh, Sam Dyson was. and You know, he, again, you look at his numbers in 2015, he was unbelievable for the Rangers. So, again, I'm not saying that's what Chris Stratton's going to be, but, yeah, you're right. You know, you said it, it's tough to just look at the ERA for a reliever and uh, draw a ton of conclusions from it because of the small sample size.
1: Yeah. Dyson might have been kind of funny. I'm trying to remember all those relievers. There was one of them that had a really dry good sense, sense of, of humor.
17: humor. That's it. Yeah, Dyson was that guy. Yeah, he got was into that some guy. legal problems. Yeah, no. He, ooh, oh, ooh, Dyson, ooh. Yeah, dry, dry sense of humor, then some legal issues. Uh, okay. Uh, so I don't know that he's uh, – I don't know yeah. that I'm going to nominate him for stand-up comedian of the year, but he was. Uh, he definitely had a dry <laughs> sense of humor back in those days.
1: Yeah, they had the tall lefty who came in there at some point still pitching. You know, like the – Oh, Diekman, yeah, yeah, he was interesting because he had colitis or something. And he was battling, yep. but he was an unbelievable pitcher. Hey, what do you think being a Pac-12 guy, or I guess you're a Big Ten guy now? Uh, former yeah. uh, uh, USC Trojan. I don't know if you're former. You're always a USC Trojan. Do you? Uh, are you kind of sad for the Pac-12? Or are you more feeling like, well, this is the this is the bed you made. You got to lie in it. What do you? What is your feeling as this thing looks uglier and uglier? Uh, now Oregon and Washington trying to get over to the Big Ten, Big 12 uh, trying to get maybe uh, the all four corner schools, maybe get Arizona, Arizona State. Um, what, what is your feeling as you see this thing slowly seem to fall apart?
17: I mean, it, it's both, right? Like, I, I'm, I'm sad that it's gotten to this point. Uh, you know, I think maybe less so in football because I do think they're going to be some pretty cool football matchups, and I don't really feel as bad about the travel, but uh, some of the other sports, you know, there's a lot of history with baseball in the Pac-12. And, uh, you know, there was an era where Pac-12 basketball was really good, too, especially in UCLA's heyday and Arizona when Lute Olson was there. And so losing those uh, those matchups stink. Uh, but it's it was the Titanic. I mean, it was a sinking ship. Larry Scott, uh, you know, people ask, like, who's the worst commissioner in sports? You know, Goodell, Bettman, Adam Silver, whatever. It's It's Larry Scott. When he was the Pac-12 commissioner, he absolutely drove that into the ground. And so uh, USC and UCLA, I think, had to get out. The opportunity was there. And you can see, you know, what the, the the mess of the Pac-12 TV deal that, you know, unfolded yesterday. It's just a conference that was becoming more and more irrelevant. They had uh, such horrible mismanagement, both just from a leadership standpoint, but also from a bottom line business standpoint. And so it stinks. But I mean, I was relieved when, the, the, when USC got out of there because you just don't want to get stuck there and you get mired and irrelevant. So uh, I think you're going to see that conference fall apart uh, and there's no one to blame more so than Larry Scott.
1: Wow, I knew you would have a take on that. Uh, you're very close to that conference, so, and I liked your ability to multitask. You've retweeted the new, the updated lineup as you're doing an interview, uh, which you know I expect from you. Uh, and uh, Corey Seager is in the two hole, uh, playing shortstop, as you told us at the start of this interview, and um, and then uh, I guess Janikowski then moves down there to the six hole. Garver, as you said seven, and then Huff batting uh, ninth uh, this evening. Zeke's not in there. All right. Dane Dunning on the mound as we knew. This is uh, exciting stuff, Jared. Uh, Text me if anything else breaks, okay, here in the next few minutes uh, with tonight's lineup. (laughs) Have a great call. We'll be listening to you on our affiliate uh, in Central Texas, all right?
17: All right, Matt. Thanks so much for having me.
1: You bet. There he goes, Jared Sandler. And uh, he's been calling the games. He and Matt Hicks uh, for the Rangers uh, radio network uh, joining us tonight as, uh, as things are breaking as he was on with us. Twelve minutes ago, Rangers updated their starting lineup. We knew that Seeger was going into the lineup. We were just kind of confirming where that would be. He will be playing shortstop. And he will be hitting second, which is his familiar spot. And uh, that just kind of moves things. Uh, Josh Young... Will now bat fifth after Garcia. Travis Jankowski uh, drops down to sixth in the lineup. Garver seventh. Uh, Leody is uh, batting eighth. He's used, a lot of times he's in that nine hole. Sam Huff's catching and he'll be in the uh, he'll be in the nine hole this evening. So, Aaron, I mean you know I will love it when Heim comes back, but that lineup right there. Even though I love Duran, uh, that's a That's a a great – I mean, you know, just to see Seager back in there, it's pretty exciting, isn't it?
2: Oh, absolutely. You know, the offense has been struggling the last probably 10 games or so, and obviously not having Corey Seager in the lineup was a big part of that, so hopefully that will change.
1: All right, um, we've got Dave Wilson uh, from uh, ESPN.com joining us next. This
17: This is
3: ESPN Central Texas.
17: Jesse Britz
0: Automotive wants to help your car get ready for the Texas heat. Now through Saturday, they're offering free automotive AC checkup with any vehicle service at Jesse Britz Automotive. Plus, let them help keep your car roadworthy with our computerized alignments discounted for a limited time at only 49 dollars The alignments come with free tire rotation and free visual brake inspection. Just mention this ad, Jesse Britz Automotive, discounting your prices, not your service. Central Texas, this is Nash from 92.9 Shooter FM. I want to invite you to Driven Body Art Saturday. I'll be broadcasting live there for their Customer Appreciation Day event. You'll also find specials at this event that will save you money. Also, Candy's Kitchen Food Truck will be there as well. So come join all the fun at Driven Body Art. Saturday from 3 to 5,
3: 5312 Hawthorne Drive in Waco, one block off Lake Air Drive. Listen to the Matt Mosley Show online at SyntexSportsFan.com.
13: Hey guys, it's Jana with Advanced House Leveling and Foundation Repair.
1: I had my dog Bubba Tank washed yesterday. They had to come pick him up in a little bitty wagon and wagon him up to the bus.
13: Yes, because now not only do we fix foundations, but we wash dogs too.
1: Yeah, kind of. I got tired of people postponing me for my dog washing, so I built one called Bubba Tank's. Mobilegrooming.com. It's just mobile grooming. But Bubba Tank's on the side of my bus. He's my English bulldog.
13: So if you have any questions about your foundation or concerns or you just need a dog wash, give us a call. 254-235-4922. We
1: got a different phone number for the dog. I don't know. I just wanted to say my dog got clean. He was all furry and happy.
13: Or fixitjimmy.com.
6: Message. Hey, guys, we
12: all give gifts on birthdays, anniversaries, and holidays, but have you ever given just because gift? When it's not expected, it means the most coming from you. Since 1979, Morrison Gifts has been Waco's gift store for every occasion. Choose some lines of gift ideas, including John Hart leather goods, big old key rings, candles, and jewelry. Always free gift wrapping and delivery is available. Morrison Gifts, a Baylor alumni-owned business. That's Morrison Gifts on the corner of Waco Drive and Valley Mills, close to Jason's Deli.
3: Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. All right, Dave Wilson joining us on the Matt Mosley Show,
1: ESPN Central Texas. Dave, great to see you last night. Kind of a fun gathering. Baylor, uh, some some of the Baylor coaches and that kind of thing. And uh, that's a fun um, and young staff that Dave Aranda has put together. It's also great to... To meet your son and get to visit with him a little bit and see what's going on in his life. Dave, welcome back to the
9: show. Appreciate you, Matt. Good to see you too.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now, did you uh did you come away from that thinking any differently than you did about the Bears? I mean, as you kind of get we get closer to the season, the Bears reported today, you know, this really feels like to me a big X Factor team. In the Big 12, I, I think this thing could go either way. All those home games bode well for the Bears. Eight home games—that's a—that's a record for Baylor. Um, as you started to kind of zero in on this, where where does your gut tell you the Bears are? After obviously last year being a letdown, predicted to win at the conference and then not finishing well at all, where where are you kind of think? Where are you where are you on this Baylor team right
5: now?
9: Yeah, they're, they're a real mystery, uh, you know, for a variety of reasons. Obviously, you know, I don't think anyone was happy with the uh, production last year on offense, uh, particularly a quarterback. And, you know, Coach Grimes, I think, believes a lot of that has to do with the surrounding cast and, and the speed and the deep threats and things that, that could have helped uh, could have helped shape. And so I think that'll be interesting to watch. You know, the one fascinating thing about this, These Dave Aranda era at Baylor is they're really, they really rarely are out of a game. I mean, they've, there's been only a couple of games that they really weren't competitive. I mean, this first year, that opening game against Oklahoma state. And then last year against a really those. And then last year against a really good Kansas state team. But other than that, I mean, they are down to the wire and most games are within, you know, a score or two. So they just feel like they're right there. Um, and it just – if the breaks go their way, I mean, a lot of – that's what we've seen in this conference for, like, the last three years. It's, you you have no clue who's going to win. I don't even try to guess, uh, um, you know, in the preseason media polls. And uh, and then the seasons tend to play out that way. So, I don't i don't know. I think they are a factor because everyone knows that they're going to be well-coached and disciplined, and it's just a matter of, uh, you know, if they can get the offense clicking.
1: What do you think of Matt Palage – uh, coming in as defensive coordinator. He's been on this staff. He went to Oregon. He's come back and apparently brought just a ton of energy to the staff. They they wanted to have a different direction at that coordinator position. It's always interesting under a defensive guru like Aranda, um, you know, to coach uh, defense under a guy like Aranda. But he's going to be able to call the plays. What are you kind of hearing and thinking about uh, Pallage and the kind of impact he could have on this Baylor team?
9: Well, I think that one of the things, Dave Aranda is fascinating for a variety of reasons. I mean, we've discussed that. You know, I, I got to write a story, that story about him last year. I just think, think he's one of the most interesting people in the sport. Um, and then for him to make the move that he made to let Ron Roberts, who's one of his oldest mentors, go to bring in a, a young guy, I mean, that says a lot about what he believes in in college, So, uh, he, you know, Dave does not wait around long when he decides to do something. And he, you know, he did it with his offensive staff after year one, and he did it uh, again last year after year three. And I just think, um, you know, he knows what he wants there. And I, I I'll tell you, I haven't had a lot of deep conversations with him about stylistic things or anything like that. But I do think, you know, the, like what you talked about earlier, being there last night, seeing the makeup of the staff, it is a young staff. It's a lot of energy, a lot of really uh, interesting guys. It's a unique opportunity to get to meet them. But I, I talked to coach palage earlier this year and I, you know, he's just grateful to be back home. Um, and I think it's going to be, you know, he's a guy that, that, um, has a chance to work under a a great defensive coach. And I, I think, you know, the, it'll be interesting. I have no idea what to expect. I'll be honest with you. I don't know what they're going to look like or how they're going to break in some of these, some of these new guys. But I think, um, you know, it's a fascinating move to to fire a sort of a longtime mentor of yours to bring in a young guy like Matt, who who has been there before, obviously, but he he must have known what he wanted for him to come back.
1: Have you made the trip to uh, uh, College Station to check on Jimbo and uh, boy, his exciting new offensive coordinator there that turned a lot of heads, uh, Bobby P, <laughs> back in the business. Um, what do you what do you make about uh, what's going on? at texas a&m and and of course that second year with that quarterback um i mean he can move he can move around a little bit i think there's excitement about the guy coming after him as always seems to be the case at texas a&m um are you uh where where are you with the ags you're uh you're all your alma mater
9: I'm a little low on the ags matt to be honest with you i think it's uh you know the talent is not the problem; it never is. It's sort of like the other team over there in Austin, um, and it's just you know I have not made the trip. It's not a very it's not a place where the head coach enjoys uh, the visiting company of reporters very much. So we don't we're not over there. That's not that's not why I'm uh, I'm down on them. You know I'm not I don't want to hear the, the fans say oh you just don't like them because you don't have access all that stuff we always hear. But you know it's. Uh, it's an it's just a fascinating thing when you give a guy that um, has that much ego, that much money, and that much guaranteed, and then they're surprised that you know he kind of does what he wants. Um, it's been a it's been a pretty rough experiment for the Aggies there, and I think if if you know we all know, I mean they lost a lot of games by by uh, score or less last year, despite being absolutely inept on offense. You know, nine first downs against App State. And, uh, and you just think if he lets Petrino do his thing, the guy can call plays. We know that he's done that before. Um, and they can score, but that's the thing. He can't seem to answer the question on if he's willing to let him let it be his offense or not, you know, and he always talks about, we, 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 uh, when he talks about him and Petrino. And so I don't think their offenses are as similar as Jimbo seems to think they are, but, um, I think it's uh, it's going to be a fascinating experiment, and I don't think uh, the Aggies are going to let it linger if they have another embarrassing season. Because it's you know, despite all the money, I just think there's there's too much uh, at stake here. They
1: they generally can come up with money if they need to. These uh, <laughs> these Aggies, and so it'll be interesting uh, to watch. Dave Wilson joining us on the uh, Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. Uh, the PAC twelve news continues to come out. Uh, Big Ten now reportedly forming an exploratory uh, group to perhaps expand uh, the conference. I mean Dave, this is uh this is kind of wild times. and then FSU had to get involved, didn't they? Florida State today, the ACC hey, we're uh we're we're looking to make a move over here. Uh, it's kind of like once realignment starts, teams don't want to miss out it's like hey we don't we don't know if we want to wait till the next round we might want to be a part of this i mean does this does this excite you i mean it is fun to talk about but it also is kind of sad because we're losing a lot of the great rivalries now you're getting the texas texas a&m thing that's coming back to us but what what is your gut i mean when you see the pac 12 in the kind of state it's in i mean it do you? I mean, this thing could not. I mean, it, it, this could, by by the end of the week or in two weeks, you could almost not have a Pac-12 moving forward. Um, where do you see this thing going with the Pac-12? And do you think the Big 12 will have Arizona and perhaps even two more schools, with Arizona State and Utah in it? Here, maybe even the next
9: few weeks. I can't tell you that I think that the Big Twelve will, but I think there's a greater chance that they will than they won't because I just think I think that the, the reckoning has come for the Pac-12. You know, the sort of the idea that they were always, you know, um, the the schools that they that prided themselves on academics and not athletics, and 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 that's great, and I and I respect that, and that's the way it probably should be, but that's not the way the college football world works, and. You know, when you're not – the fan support is not there, and you have places like Oregon sticks out kind of like a sore thumb, really, in terms of fan support and enthusiasm for football, um, places like that. And so it just – you kind of have, you know, a lot of schools that are that are willing to go all in on football, and then you have the, the half the conference. And really that was the recipe for the demise of the Southwest Conference. You have half the conference that can't draw and can't compete – And it's just never going to, it's never going to work. And so I think that's the thing in the, in the modern era. Now, I think when you ask me, does realignment excite me? Absolutely not. I mean, it, you know, if we all had our druthers, we, I mean, we would still be, we, I think you and I and plenty of other people around here would love to have this Southwest conference the way it was, but um, you know, you're getting to a point where I truly believe like a lot of people do, and I'm not, not saying anything groundbreaking here that there will be a Premier League of sorts of 32 teams or something like that that are at the top level and I think that there's probably a, there's probably time for that I mean there are teams that like you know you talked about they never seem to have a problem with the money at A&M there's schools like that that don't ever seem to have the money and then there's all these other schools that are never going to be at that level and why not give them a chance to win in their own regard I mean there's probably like 10 teams every year right now that actually have a legitimate chance to win a national championship and is that is that the way it ought to be? Probably not Um, So it's just a matter of of the musical chairs are going to continue until everything shakes out, and there's just the haves and the the others.
1: They're trying to get us some of the SWC back with the Cougars coming back, with Houston coming back into the Big 12. I mean, uh, SMU may go to the Pac-12. If I'm SMU, I'm kind of taking a wait and see. Why go join something that looks like it's burning right now? I'd be right. making a I'd be making a power move toward the the Big Twelve a group if that's could, growing yeah, for sure. as we speak. Yeah, what about the Dion stuff? I mean, is the Colorado coming back? Isn't that funny with UT leaving? It's like okay, it's safe to come back now. We're <laughs> UT's gone. The reason everybody pretty much left, they're leaving. People are coming back now. Do you? I mean, is the Colorado thing that's going to be exciting, isn't it? I mean, to see what Dion can do, and are you pretty leery? of Dion, like i am i mean it's fun and i'll watch to see what happens but it's hard to think you can just bring 50 or 60 people in the portal and turn a, and flip a program but it'd be fun to see if you know watch him try i guess
9: oh i'm with you i mean it's uh it's it's good for uh it's good for business i'll tell you that because no one knows what it's going to be and it's um you know and to have that be the opening week game against one team that had a Uh, extremely unlikely season last year. And then another team that no one knows what they are this year. I think there's going to be a lot of attention on that game um, with TCU and Colorado, but I I'm with you. I think it's hard. I don't think people understand, you know, how many of these uh, bits and pieces come into play, the chemistry, things like that. It's hard to mash that together pretty quickly. Um, And, and, you know, I don't know how much, the the interesting thing about the portal, right? In recruiting, you get to know a kid, you get to know his family, you get to know his teachers, you get to know all this stuff. And the portal, man, it's speed dating. And so how do you know that the guys are who they are when they get there? Um, so I think that'll be a fascinating experiment, but I'm not sure and I'm not dismissing Dion as a personality or as a, a guy that's a change agent, but I just think it's gonna be a tough, tough haul to overhaul it all in one you know, in one off season.
1: Did you ever give speed dating a try? Have you ever been a part of something like that?
9: No, man. I was pre. I was. We were locked down over here in, uh, in up in East Texas. My my wife and I. I was lucky that we didn't have the uh, dating apps or the speed dating then, or I would have been. I would have been doomed. <laughs> Dave Wilson,
1: ESPN, joining the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. What about the uh, What about the Horns? Uh, Steve Sarkeesian. Isn't it funny that if they don't win the Big 12 title, they're being positioned as like it's a failure of a season? Like, honestly, if they make the Big 12 title game, that should be an enormous breakthrough in a celebration. Yet the way they're being presented as it would be like some kind of big failure if they don't win it all. I mean, only at Texas could something like this happen. When a team hasn't how long has it been since they've been in the Big 12 title game, Dave? You're playing off wow. the top of your head. I mean,
9: that's a good, I, I, I'm forgetting, but I know they. this is the first time they've been picked to win the conference since 2009, yeah. which is insane. Um, but you know what? I think Sark has a lot to do with it. Sark stands up every chance he gets and says the roster. I love the roster. The roster is where I wanted it to be. It's finally the roster I needed. Camaraderie on the team is better than it's been before. I mean, he's setting the table for a lot of these expectations himself. You know, Vegas had them at – Nine and a half wins over under and Sarks never won more than nine games of his career despite being at a uh, you know a couple of places a few places with uh some college football history in washington u s c and texas so I think that there are big expectations he's embracing that you know yesterday he he came out and said uh you know we can uh, we can either uh you know we're the University of Texas we embrace the hate and so uh I'm all for that <laughs> but um You know, I do think that's an interesting way to spin it in your last year is like, well, we're not, not everybody's coming for us. We're coming for them. And I find that very interesting. And I, I'm, you know, you talked about the Southwest Conference coming back. I mean, some of these games are going to be, can you imagine the scene in Houston when they finally get their chance to play Texas after all these years? Uh, It's going to be, it's going to be so much fun. And um, I'm just really looking forward to, to this, this farewell tour this year.
1: Yeah, I think uh I, I think it will. Bears aren't Baylor's not even playing OU or OSU this year. Also BYU, he had some good religious stuff going. They took BYU <laughs> off the schedule. I mean, I kind of, I kind of hate that. I was looking at this ESPN thing today, Dave. By the way, The the uh, the quarterback U is is USC threatening to take it over from OU. Well, yeah. I mean, if you count taking OU's quarterbacks, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, that seems kind of weird. I mean, USC's had great quarterbacks over the years. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, I think Oklahoma has been the strongest over the past five to ten years, going back to Baker and who was before Baker? Baker, Kyle, oh, or, you know, that whole. Landry Jones, you know. Jason Yes. I mean, Jason yes. White.
9: Come on. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And the, yeah, uh, the, uh, <laughs> yeah, they've been, uh, you know, it's funny. It's funny to imagine, uh, you know, 20 years ago that anyone would say, you know, Oklahoma was QBU, but uh, hiring Mike Leach uh, that year sure changed quite a bit for their program. And and, and it is, you know, I talked to Hal Mummy about this the other day. I said, could you have imagined when you were at Copper's Cove in the 80s coming up with an offense that would transform USC and Oklahoma and teams that throw the ball 50 times a game? And he said, that's kind of crazy when you think about it. I said, it's very crazy. So uh, it is remarkable, but um, sort of it's a testament to all those guys that came in yeah. and sort of changed football.
1: Had Hal and Mike Leach hung in there and, like, you know, been friends through it all? Or what What was their uh, – what what's their relationship been, been like over, you know, before we lost Mike here recently?
9: Yeah, I mean, Hal said Mike was like his brother. I mean, they were – they were still tight. They talked all the time. Um, you know, I talked to Hal that week. You know, there was a lot of rumors that Mike was going to retire. Um, I had talked to him, and he just, just said no, but he sounded terrible. And then, you know, there was a lot of people saying that they thought he might because, because of his health. <clears throat> he had some sort of, like, flu-type deal he couldn't get over. And um, and so they were really close, and it um, it was a, that's a really sad deal. I think at Big 12 Media Day, you know, Dana Holgerson said he doesn't think the impact of losing Leech will that people will really get it until we start playing again and he's not there and you don't have the press conferences or the sideline interviews or the crazy upsets or anything like that and i think he's right i think there's going to be a little bit of a shock to the system for people when they realize that he's not around anymore it's very bad yeah.
1: one of the game's great characters you were around him i got to be around him a little bit interviewed him what a what an awesome guy that was to to visit with. This quarterback you thing that I can't now get my mind off of, Dave, <laughs> they've got Florida State number nine. And don't get me wrong, have they been have they had great ones over the past? But, like, I mean, other Jameis, that's it, right? I mean, you, you don't have anybody since Jameis. He's now been out of college football for, like, ten years. And Jameis Winston has to be, like, 30 by now, or 31, 32. I mean, that's it's just interesting to me that you still get to call yourself or be ranked that high in quarterback you, when you've gone this long without having a quarterback. Now they may have one this year. Like I, Florida State, I think has gotten a little bit better, and they had a pretty decent quarterback last year. I remember early in the season, you know, they almost had that big upset. Uh, so they do have. Uh, was that against who were they playing? Was that Brian Kelly? No, no, no. That might have been against Brian Kelly. I was just trying yeah, to remember yeah, that, that game. was that was a
9: great game. Yeah. Uh, well, you know that, I mean, that deal all based off some, you know, Hale's crazy, David Hale's crazy, uh, you know, mathematical formula based on yeah. guys starting NFL games and all that stuff. So, you know, I don't know how far back that goes, but I, um, you know, there's a lot of people really high on Florida state this year. I think they're going to be uh really interesting to watch, uh, for sure. Cause Norvell, you know, has taken a little time there, but it seems like, you know the heat's been on him pretty quick but it seems like pieces are starting to come together and he's obviously done it in the past so who knows i mean that's another place that's puzzling where you know it's sort of like a&m in texas where the talent's there and the history's there and why can't they make it come together and it's been a long long string
1: yeah Well the history of this thing the quarterbacks texas number six in quarterback u rankings (laughs) number five in uh in the running back, which, I mean, understandable. They've had some of the greatest running backs ever. Let's see where they are on the wide receiver. Did not make it. The Longhorns did not crack the top ten uh, wide receiver U. And, um, just interestingly, Oklahoma State fares better in this thing than you would think. Uh, they, obviously, they've had great receivers. Number right. six in wide receiver U. And then they were number ten in running backs. R, uh, yeah. uh, RBU, and then uh, by the way, Miami Hurricanes number one in tight ends, and the Sooners checking in at tenth. This is the only place you'll find Dave Missouri. The Missouri Tigers make an appearance on tight end. U, <laughs> they they pop up at number at number six, and I don't I do not know why. How is Iowa State? Maybe it's just because <laughs> this thing goes way back. Iowa State's had some unbelievable tight ends um and uh you might have heard by the way they've also had some gamblers here recently and they had a uh, little, uh and, they've got a little yeah. issue
9: going on right now don't they
1: yeah yeah i had an over under joke on them yesterday i think you would have liked it dave uh and <laughs> we have to reissue that hey great to um uh, great to see you great to have you on and um always good to be at whatever we were southern southern roots man i'll meet you up there anytime all right for some good iced tea and and uh and flatbread or whatever that was i I can't really call uh, it pizza when they put honey all over it i don't know if that's really but i love i like the way it tasted don't get me wrong but it's that's a different it's a little bit different taste than i'm used to with my pizza
9: can we just talk about the fact that in 2023 our baylor meetups are at, at a brewery i mean we've we've come a long way here and in uh in Waco so I know I don't I don't know if they want us
1: broadcasting that uh Aaron (laughs) can you erase what Dave just said (laughs) no that you're right somebody said it to me earlier today they said 2023 Baylor is different than 19 you know 85 Grant Taft Baylor oh yeah and that's not to say we've just gone to hell in a handbasket but we don't maybe get as freaked out by like the sight of alcohol because it it used to be you kind of snuck in the back door at George's. Not me, others, but now (laughs) people walk right in the front door, okay? Yeah, there's multiple
9: (laughs) George's. I mean, how about that?
1: Yeah, there's a third one coming. There's a cantina, Jorge's Cantina on the way. (laughs) Now, a certain head coach at Baylor used to drink it there in the solo cup. They had a solo cup for him when he would go to George's. And I'm, okay. I'm not talking – don't 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 anybody start any rumors. This is not Grant. I promise you Grant never had anything like that in his hand. But one former head coach liked the solo cup. All right, Dave, fun talking to you. Uh, I'll right. talk to you soon. Well,
9: appreciate it. Talk to you later.
1: You bet. Dave Wilson, the uh, ESPN.com esteemed editor turned writer and a uh, longtime colleague of mine going back to our Dallas
3: Morning News days. we got to say good night. We'll do it next. Listen to ESPN Central Texas online at syntechsportsfan.com. Boy, is
10: it hot outside. Did you know that you can tell the temperature by counting a cricket's chirps? Did you know that heat waves can actually make train tracks bend? Or that a 2003 heat wave turned grapes to raisins while still on the vine? Hi there, it's the Foundation Doctor again. During this season of extreme heat, the soil is shrinking, the ground is moving, and we're seeing a lot of foundations starting to move around. Are you seeing new cracks in your walls? Is your shoulder sore from prying that pesky door open? Don't let your home suffer from heat exhaustion. At The Foundation Doctor, we've been curing these elements for many years, and we have the right prescription for you and your home. We have more experience and repair options than anyone in town. So when it comes to your greatest asset, trust The Doctor. We'll get you back on level in no time. Give The Doctor a call today at 863-8800 or look us up on the web at INeedTheDoctor.com. Go so, for doors that are sticking and cracks in your
17: walls, The Foundation Doctor will make
5: a house strong.
3: Got chronic joint pain? Not
1: having success with steroids, but trying to avoid surgery? Well, thankfully, there's a better way. And it's now available here for the medical professionals at QC Kinetics. It's Matt Mosley, the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. I'm talking about new advanced regenerative medicine treatments that can restore and repair damaged tissue in your bad joints, providing lasting relief with no drugs, no surgery, and no downtime. QC Kinetics, nation's leader in precision regenerative medicine with over 100 clinics across America and literally three. Thousands of satisfied patients. If you got joint pain due to arthritis, knee pain, hip pain, shoulder pain, don't just think the old ways of dealing with pain are the only ways. You need to learn more about these new regenerative options that can change your life. Call QC Kinetics now. Free consultation with local medical professionals. 254-415-4100. 254-415-4100. That's QC Kinetics. 254-415-4100
3: it's time now for the dismount on the matt mosley show on espn central texas well what a day lots to uh
1: lots to report and by the way that that qc kinetics that's pretty good i mean i'm pretty excited about that uh if you're living with chronic pain knee pain joint pain i broke my neck i'm looking i mean this is pretty interesting stuff no surgery no drugs, no downtime, um, and uh, highly concentrated healing agents from your own body. These powerful treatments can restore and repair damaged tissue in your achy joints. I mean, I like that. Check out the new treatments. that can actually help your body restore and repair itself and schedule your free consultation let me give you that number one more time 254-415-4100 all right uh cory seager is in the lineup i repeat Corey seager has returned at least five or six days earlier than we thought he might and it's not as a dh he's gonna play shortstop and he's gonna hit second he's gonna hit he's gonna hit the two hole welcome back seager Rangers, Astros, Mono Imano, Verlander. Now there. Scherzer in Arlington. It's going to be fun down the stretch. Hey, we'll see you tomorrow. We'll talk about all of these things starting at 3 o'clock. Have a
3: great night, everybody. Thank you, Aaron. Good night. It's time for today's Modern Media Big 12 football preview. Today a look at the West Virginia Mountaineers. Here is
5: John Morris. Hi everybody. It's time for our next Big 12 Conference football preview. Today, a look at the West Virginia Mountaineers, where head coach Neil Brown says the Mounties have a chip on their shoulder after being picked last in the Big 12 preseason poll. We'll hear from him straight ahead on today's Modern Media Big 12 football preview.
7: Hi, Kyle Satrano here with George's Restaurant, Bar, and Catering to tell you about what's new this season. Come enjoy one of our brand-new Big O' Cocktails and try some of our new items like avocado toast, Italian nachos, and shrimp and grits. You can watch the game on our 200-inch Big O' screens at either location. Check out our new menus and party package
17: options